All right, let's make this show count for a change. Okay. First time ever. Sure. Time to get serious. Yep. <laughs> get those uh, potty awards. Sweet. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. There you go. I'm Ian Boothby. There you are. Uh, I guess I could have said my name off the top, but, uh, you know. <laughs> you were trying to mix it up. I was trying to mix and it up. mix me up, too. You know what I was actually thinking? Two things I was thinking. One, I should get a non-squeaky table for the coming year. <laughs> uh, uh, Please, we're, Santa. We're, we were getting our uh, moment of silence beforehand where we, we do to get, like, you know, we do this, a sound check thing. We care Please about Get some room things. tone, yeah. Room tone. And it, it's that kind of thing. It's like strangling a seal. <laughs> uh, and uh, we should probably get that fixed. What do we have here as part of the podcasting equipment that we had when we started at the beginning? Was the Is the mixing board the uh, same? You know what? Nothing. Nothing is the same? Other than the microphones. Even the microphones weren't the first thing. The very first show... Because you borrowed had different... microphones from somewhere. No, I had microphones, but they were dynamic microphones, not condenser microphones. What's what the difference? Do we use? Condenser microphones can pick up all the noise from everywhere. Whereas dynamic ones, kind of like what you use on stage, where you have to talk really close to the mic and a okay. lot of the, you know... I have a typical stand-up uh, comedy microphone just a couple of feet from you. Is that the kind you're talking about? Yeah, that's a dynamic okay. mic there. So it doesn't pick up yeah. a bunch of... If you're thinking of a stand-up comedy show, that's the kind that yeah. you'd be using. Yeah. All right. It's a good thing to use for live events because then you don't have to worry about feedback. The problem with our mics is because they pick up so much of the room... They tend to easily feed back if they're... Oh, okay. So are the microphones we're using the kind of microphones we should be using? Uh, well... No. The answer, long story short, no. no. yes and no. Because I, oh, okay. I think it's a subjective thing. And so some podcasters swear by condenser mics and others poo-poo them and prefer to use Are we the dynamic. poo-poo or the swearers? We're, well, I guess we are the swear bys because we use them. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And you the, might have something that you use, yeah. you know, that you're not necessarily endorsing, but it's what you're <laughs> using and you don't you don't care enough, sure. not even care enough, but you don't choose to get a replacement. Like well, you have, are not moved to here, get a replacement. Here's the thing. When we did the first show using the condenser or the condenser or dynamic mics, it didn't work. Okay. But when we got the condenser mics, then the the recording equipment worked. Ah. And so that has been our our uh, raison d'etre ever since. Okay, is, does mix, it work? And the mixing board, uh, that did that get replaced at some point? Yes, we didn't have the mixing board originally. We, oh, okay. We just had um, uh, a, I guess it's an an digital to analog or analog to digital converter, a Tascam one that we ran the two mics into. All right. But when we decided we're, we're going to have guests and have other things like people on the, you know, talking to us via the computer, right. we needed a more uh, flexible yeah, we've been, we've been a lot less guesties since, uh, COVID, you mm -hmm. know, for, you know, of course, good reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, but, you know, we'll try to get a little, uh, maybe, uh, guestier in the, in the next while. Yeah. Just be a little, uh, social. Why not? Yeah. And take some, uh, take some of the pressure off us. Yeah. We like, yeah. Just put a feed know. up, let them talk. Yeah. Exactly. You know, it was nice when, uh, Nina was here and we could just like mm -hmm. sit back and just go, ah. <laughs> and, right. and she would bring like she carried the show yeah you know, she did she yeah. brought segments she brought segments game show segments she read the letters yeah yeah 
Uh, it was it was great. She got no one noticed bl- that I was asleep for about twenty minutes of the show. Sure, sure. She, uh, she got rid of some black mold that was above your head, which I think is the reason you were sleeping. <laughs> I did feel a little a little woozy. Yeah, that's what it was all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those nightmares it, where you predict the future. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of funny actually. Noth- nothing that we use now we, that we we none of it because mm-hmm. originally we recorded onto a laptop. That's right, and we used uh, GarageBand. We used GarageBand. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. We didn't use GarageBand to... Did we record with GarageBand? Maybe we did it early on. I think so. I and think then GarageBand was... That's right, we did. And then I didn't like it because it converted... It conver- it, there was some kind of conversion thing. It took the, it took the recording and then it, it changed it somehow. And Because I had to have a, a WAV file. And it was all confusing. So then I started bringing my laptop and recording on that. And then we started... Then we got the mixing board then we got the digital recorder right which is what we record into now and none of these improvements have ever prevented us from losing a show we've lost a show at every every which way we could absolutely (laughs) yeah tragedy has struck uh, in many in many ways so what's the next thing that we would upgrade to what would be our next thing to take things to the next level because we're you know we're constantly changing yeah yeah so what is the next thing well i i would like to get better mics okay that would be my next and I would like to get like overhead mic arms. Do you know what the kind I mean? So that mm-hmm. like on a radio show or whatever, but nice ones, not cheap ones. Okay. But uh, that's... What's the difference between a cheap overhead arm? Because it seems like that's a piece of metal that just hel- holds something. So yeah. what's, what's the difference in quality between just... cheap and not cheap for <laughs> a metal bar? Because the, the, more, the more expensive ones are sound deadened so that sound doesn't travel along the arm into your microphone. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a little nicer that way. So then right. you don't have to worry about like putting things on the table and having it vibrate up the arm and stuff. Because what I have at home is like cheap ones and every... Everything that happens travels <laughs> okay. along those uh, arms into the microphones. So, yeah, that would be like, but that's not like a, a pressing thing, I don't think. Well, I mean, I'm I'm really interested, like now, in doing maybe some uh, some some drama podcast style, mm. and uh, you know, I still would like to record a comedy album, you know, here as well. That's yeah. like one of my goals. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, just. Just trying to figure out what's the next uh, step with making things uh, sound better. We've got uh, a lot of baffling that we got to kind of put up, and uh, yeah, I think that would be it. that. You know what? Actually, you're right. That would be like the next ideal thing is to like either use like that kind of 3M sticky stuff that doesn't destroy the walls, and just like put foam okay sound deadeners on the wall. Like you can buy them. The acoustic tiles on uh, Amazon, you know, you can buy like a pack of, right. I don't know what, but then then figure out, because you don't have to cover every wall, you just have to cover some of the surfaces to give uh, some place for the sound to get sucked into, kind of like, because yeah. you know how like restaurants have gotten really noisy, like compared to what, like in the past restaurants were more quiet because they would have curtains and they would have... Uh, you know, the seats and the the services were made were designed to allow for no, some sound that. deadening. And now, like like when we were younger, one of the noisiest restaurants we would go to is Martinis because they had brick walls and, and nothing on the walls. It was just brick walls right. and then all tables and stuff like that. It was just like so noisy there because there's nowhere for the sound to go but reverberate around the room. And uh, but nor- like most older restaurants would have like you know some things put in them to acoustically co- make the sound kind of quieter and but modern design kind of poo-poos drapes and and all those sort of things so oh, okay you end up sitting in the cactus club going what 
Yeah, that is a, that, and then they crank up the music, and like, I <laughs> oh, don't need. That's all right, fair. Yeah. I guess it feels. Yeah, I guess if you got awkward silences in your uh, conversations, it helps to have uh, music filling in the gaps. I really dislike music in in, uh, in restaurants, mm-hmm. but what can you do? I'm trying to think of. Oh yeah, they do. I was going to go. I'm trying to think of White Spot has music. Of course mm-hmm. they do. To the point where they play two songs simultaneously. Often, if you're uh, sitting in the wrong area of the restaurant. <laughs> And you get a weird mashup. <laughs> because of my my ears can't have a hard time differentiating sound with with a with a kind of a low level hum of noise. I can't, so I really often can't hear the music that's playing in restaurants. And sometimes uh, malls, not so much. It seems much like somehow it's clearer in malls or, or grocery stores. In those cases, I just have to ignore it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's been like that my whole life. I remember even when I was younger. I would be sitting at a restaurant with Lisa, and she'd be like, oh, this song. And I'd be like, what? Music's playing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I know there's music playing. I just can't hear what it is because it's too uh, too low level. I, uh, I, I I think I got okay ears, except that my uh, my ear canals are torturous, I found out, like this. Yes. Year. Yeah. But Which that's, sounds, well, sounds That's bad. good. No, no, that's good. It sounds good to have torturous ears. Yeah, canals. yeah. Because Why? What if an earwig crawls in your ear? Oh, okay. That's a fair it's, point. It's going to torture it. It's not going to want to go very deep. It's, it's going to turn around and come out. My ear, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. Uh, which is which is silly. <laughs> you shouldn't wear a wig on your ear. Yeah, you know. I guess that's what that's what it is. <laughs> that's Beatlemania. Yeah. Uh, it's uh yeah. When I, when I was told that, it sa- I was like, oh no, that sounds very bad because mm. it's torturous. Yeah. You don't want anything like if someone went like you know you've got a torturous bowel and like oh boy that sounds like yeah. you're gonna have a rough life. <laughs> Uh, uh, but you know the uh, yeah it was a torturous ear canal and everyone just said it so casually without explaining at all what uh, what it was. Is it torturous or tortu tortuous? Oh, maybe it's tortuous, which is twisty, right? Oh, well, there you go. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, let me clear this up. Well, here's my okay. all this time you thought there was a dungeon. I didn't clear you it there up. There was a dungeon in your ear. That yeah, was... I didn't clear it up because, like, every time I said it to the doctor, and I have repetitively said it, I've said like torturous, and they're uh huh. Well, then wrong. Like you've got Maybe to now correct me. That's polite. That's politeness. No, fuck politeness when you're a doctor. <laughs> if I say something to a doctor and it's yeah. incorrect, yeah, I don't I want the should. doctor to just go. Yeah. You know what? I'll let him think what he wants sure. to think. That's not what a doctor's job is. A doctor's job is to go. No, 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 no. What? Yeah. Yeah. got is yeah this well that's why i was so calm and you know like i was like oh i have canker <laughs> oh, i'm geez. saying that to people and they're like oh i really yeah but this is sore in your mouth I'm like no i don't think it's in my mouth like are you sure and then the doctor's like no you have cancer oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> how i laughed it's weird that they uh, gave you stages to the <laughs> canker <laughs> there's five stages <laughs> that's right you're in stage five canker. yeah i do think this chemo might be a bit much for it <laughs> Can't I just, you know, put a little uh, yes. ointment? All this vomiting can't be helping my canker. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with doctors and spell check. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. Okay, well, that's nice. So It was weird that he wrote me a letter and didn't just tell me in person. Tortuous. Tortuous, yeah. Tortuous. Well, thank you. You've really changed my life. <laughs> uh, and I, I think I should also change my doctors. That's like at least... Four people <laughs> with medical experience were like looking at me, yeah. and I said that shit to them. Yeah, yeah. And they did not correct me. Like, did, and, did, in which did, case, did tell they me, smirk a little bit? Well, at that point, just tell me, you know, I've got a speech impediment as well. <laughs> uh, no, 
that's uh, that's interesting. I'm I'm both uh, pleased and annoyed at the same time. Yeah, which sounds like most medical things. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, we got good news. It looks like nothing. You wasted uh, hours being here. Oh, okay. Uh, hooray! Good. That was painful, and uh, I'm glad and uh, annoyed, and I've got to go now. <laughs> Also, your cafeteria is too expensive. Oh, sing. <laughs> yeah, for what for what you give. Good day. His last words before he left the day. Yeah, for, really. for good. You know your, what your cafeteria is too expensive. I, I will good tell you, day. I, I, will, I will tell you something. I had an experience at uh, VGH uh, visiting uh, a couple of friends yeah. who were who have, uh, former guests of the show and uh, okay. good, good pals of ours. Uh, and uh, I've been to VGH a couple of times, mm-hmm. and I've eaten at the cafeteria there, and the cafeteria, ugh, it's just, you know. <laughs> it's, well, it's cooked in the same place that everyone else is complaining well, about the food. You're saying cooked. <laughs> <laughs> like not cooked, boiled. Like, you know, they'll toast boiled. a bagel for you and put oh, okay. something oh, on I it. I see. Not even that. Not so. even mm. whatever. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I go to I go to visit a friend who's there, who's mm-hmm. like you know, and kind of uh, you know, uh, not really ICU, but it's an intensive situation. Sure. And then they go, "Would you like to uh, get some get something to eat?" And I'm like, oh, "Okay," you know, thinking I'll get something to eat later, but I'll have a bagel mm-hmm. now because it's uh, the thing they can screw up the least. And then uh, <laughs> they walk me into the actual cafeteria that's there. Yeah. And it was great. Mm. It was like this is amazing. And again, I'm very. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, driving comforting for my friends, but I'm also like, holy shit, look at this goddamn cafeteria. It was like real mixed emotions. <laughs> you wouldn't go back to the, to the room. You just wanted to stay in the cafeteria. You're like, hey, I know you have to go back to your room. I'm just going to stay in here I think for a while. We were done with the room. Like, you can visit for a certain amount of time. <laughs> oh, okay. Right? So we did the maximum amount of time we could we could visit. And then it was like, would you like some, something to eat? And uh, like, this. But but yeah, it was like this beautiful buffet of amazing things, which of course it wouldn't be now. But like, oh my gosh, it's so delicious. Mm. And it was like, this is like the secret room. And I'm like, oh, is this a secret room for people who are having a hard time? Yeah. And we're like, we're we're not going to let you know mm. the regular schmucks. Yeah. You know, uh, know about this. You know, the people coming in for their colonoscopies don't get to know about this. <laughs> well, I was there. I went through some pretty intense stuff. Did you get? I was in the NSICU though. Okay, but did you get to go to a place that, like, a cafeteria that had like a buffet full of really good stuff? No, I got a shoveled bunch of shit on a in a plastic tray. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you were. Oh, actually, to be fair, all I was eating was like consomme and jello. That is true. (laughs) I get what you're saying. So yeah, I was. wasn't having much there was no like lasagna or anything but it was offer. it was like this secret cafeteria that there's a bit of me that's like thinking it was like brigadoon and it mm. doesn't really exist yeah uh or like it exists like but every you know of 10 years you can go and you can have this amazing meal but yeah i was like wow all right i gotta like, but the food was good in there amazing it was so good oh that's crazy you know maybe i was like full of stress for seeing a friend and it went <laughs> yeah, really yeah, well yeah. And I was getting good news about yeah. the friend. Yeah. And so that part was good. And so like the food tasted nicer. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Mm. No, I'd been, because I had spent previous to that, you know, my, my dad had been there. I had another friend who, who was there, uh, for, you know, uh, and, and so we spent like an extended period of time there, but I never knew about this secret, uh, cafeteria. <laughs> I don't think it's secret. I don't know. I think anyone Why does everyone go to the shitty one then? Is there a shitty cafeteria as well? There's a fucking shitty cafeteria that's like when you first walk in. Okay. It's just like, you know, a little cafeteria thing. Like This is what I'm talking about with the goddamn bagels and crap. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Pastel. Garbage. (laughs) Awful. Bad time. Like, you're already having a not good time being there, and then you got to have that. Mm -hmm. Get out of here. There's a reason that people uh, would walk down a couple blocks to the Tim Hortons. 
like walked lock blocks to the Tim yeah, Hortons. Yeah, yeah. Your food has to be pretty shit that you're getting people <laughs> taking a road trip to Tim Hortons for a better option. Lisa used to bring me burgers from White Spot. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. There's a specific thing to the burgers from White Spot. I'm glad that you have not then associated that memory with bad uh, times and now you don't want to go to White Spot anymore. <laughs> no, that was the, one of the highlights of, of the week. I could eat a burger till Wednesday. And then after that, I was too, I was too nauseous to, to eat. Yeah. Or not nauseated. I was too nauseated to eat. Um, That's White Spot's slogan, eat until you're too nauseous. <laughs> it was because of the chemo. Yeah, I assume so. It kind of, it kind of piled up over the week. But uh, what I couldn't bear and what I still can't stand is the smell of food under plastic. Because that's what I smelled a lot of my first week mm. there. And when I was really sick, because my first week there, they, you know, they're just kind of test starting you out. So they're like, well, I'll start you out on this anti-nausea drug. And then it's like, you're just retching so much and then you're just like miserable for the whole week and they're like well that wasn't so good so we're going to try another one next time which was much more successful that's why i was able to eat for three days but um while i was feeling so sick the my roommate he was just merrily chomping away on this food and it's just and so the smell of that kind of warm plastic smell with right with a bit of food (laughs) attached to it it just it's uh, oh it still makes me feel a little bit even go like walking in the door there. If I smelled the food, I would just be like, "Oh boy, <laughs> time to go." But yeah, not not white spot though. White spot is a happy memory. And you, would you have fries as well? No, just the burger. Okay, just one burger. That With all, all the toppings, uh, regular toppings. Just regular, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can eat a pickle. I would, yeah, I could eat a pickle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But anything more was too much for me. But I could eat like a burger, but not a, not a drink or anything. Just whatever. This is when you're at VGH. That was when I was at uh, the BCCC, right? Whatever it's called, the BC Cancer Control okay, Agency. Okay, so you would be getting a you would get in the white spot that was on twelfth at the time. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, uh, yeah. right on right on Cambian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's now like a, a building called the Spot. Yes, could rub it that in. You would think like yeah, has yeah. white spot there, but does not. Yeah, the rub it in building. <laughs> Although my mom was telling me that across the street from City Hall, when she was younger, there was like that's where the tax center was. Like the Canadian revenue, uh, kind of revenue was there. And she said they had this beautiful building and this gorgeous landscaped uh, front. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's just beautiful. And I said, well, no one has that anymore. It's just all, it's this wall to the street and then sidewalk. And that's all you get. You don't get a beautiful landscaping well, you, you anymore. You have a little much. bit of that with uh, City Hall. They've got yes, nice but that's an old building. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Anything new now is just the, no, no, no room for landscaping. I thought you were going to say that... You had the tax center there, and they would have burgers. And so people would get notices saying, <laughs> you've got a free burger. I'm like, oh, I'll go get that burger. Yeah. And as soon as they go in, they're like, would you mind signing for this burger? I'm like, what? It's just a technicality. <laughs> then they sign for the burger and just go, you owe taxes. What? And then the, then the handcuffs come on and they yeah, drag you yeah, away. Take you away to and the... it's the equivalent of free boat for criminals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it was called the spot. Yeah, it puts you on the spot. They put you on the spot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they have the pirate pack because you're a criminal. Oh, you're a criminal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Then you go, do, you, do I at least get a burger? And it's like, no, get a hot dog. I'm like, hot dog. Yep, there. Get out of here. And they put you in jail with a hot dog. That was a good white spot, actually. Mm hmm. Like, you know, white spots vary in quality. Yes, they do. Like the one in Chilliwack, garbage. And they also, as we've seen, vary in service with like, uh, there's one that just has children. <laughs> And people that, no matter how many times you see them, it's like it's their first day yeah, yeah. working there. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. What, you want food? 
you'll get ignored mm -hmm. and uh, everything will be very random and <laughs> Parts of the restaurant are ice cold. <laughs> yes. Part of them are red hot. <laughs> it's so odd. It's, it's very, very odd. It's an odd yeah. restaurant, that one. Yeah, it's just funny how that is. I mean, it's sort of admirable in a way that it's not like this is like bland uniform quality to it all, that there is sort of a like a unique element to every restaurant because they're all designed differently. Mm -hmm. You know, like the, remember the one down on Marine Drive? It's gone now. These have, it was, it was basically more of a, of a like drive-in like they That's have like a gone now yeah they sure? closed that one down i'm pretty sure okay i'm pretty sure maybe i'm wrong someone told me they closed it so right. i just assumed that it was closed but inside that place it's just you don't know what's like you don't know what they were thinking when they when they they were the how they put the tables and stuff in there and how they designed the restaurant you're like what was it like were they making like a game but uh is it gone now uh they're uh, uh, <laughs> You're, you're right. They did close close it. Yeah. Uh, they closed it in uh, February of uh, 2021. Yeah. That's too bad. It is. It is because that was a fa fairly common one. I never ate in the really, the original one. I never, I never Where's ate there. Where's the original one? The original one on Granville Street that burned down. Oh, okay. That was, I always wanted to eat there, but it was kind of like, it just seemed like too, too much to like take a bus there and get off and then go to this. I don't know. I just felt like it's probably the best way to do it actually, but I just never did. And then it burned down. And mm -hmm. so that was that. But that was the original restaurant, the very first one. It was quite a nice building. I did a, I just did a little Twitter joke yesterday uh -oh. where I said, um, you know, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but the uh, white spot bathroom password is uh, 4291. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, people enjoyed it as the yeah, joke yeah. that it was. And then I had a couple of people go, white spot doesn't have a bathroom password. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they do. Some white spots have bathroom passwords. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, you, you're not going to a fancy enough white spot. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, if there's one that's attached to a hotel, mm -hmm. it's going to have a bathroom password. Yeah. So uh, if, it's, uh, if it's downtown, it's going to have a bathroom password. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so, so it does. Mm -hmm. It's weird. Weird joke cor correctors are odd. <laughs> Here's the technical thing that's even wrong if with your joke. Even if it's not, even if it's not technically correct. Yeah, it's just you know you're just having fun. Why is the chicken crossing the road? Like, uh, <laughs> well, where where was this happening? Was there a chicken farm on the other side of the road or? Uh, <laughs> What area are you in in town? Is it like, uh, you know, first of all, there's a lot of people that have domestic chickens now. Mm. Oh, this was true, actually. Uh, for, uh, we had uh, uh, an old friend of my wife's over, my wife's. I've, yeah, that's right. I've got multiple <laughs> wives now. Uh, an old uh, friend of my wife uh, came over for tea and brought his daughter, who was 18. And we, and, uh, we ended up talking a little bit about Sparks, and then that got brought up. Uh, Nina and then you and uh, I the, because we've got pictures of our pets in the in the front side. So <laughs> oh, I was yeah. like, eventually we'll probably have pictures of uh, Dave's chickens. Will be uh, in there, either the horses or chickens. And she was like, "Oh, chickens!" And like <laughs> she had chickens as well. Okay, yeah. It's like when someone finds out that other people have chickens, they get so excited. It is, it is interesting, chickens. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the chicken folk. You know, like, you got chicken stories. <laughs> Same thing share. happened in in uh, Brussels when we were there mm -hmm. when we, at the at the convention. There was that group of uh, kids that were very excited that that i had chickens because she had chickens yeah let's share chicken stories what kind of chickens do you have and very different of course because you know their chickens sp spoke uh, uh what is it not portuguese there's uh, flemish yes and uh and also french but they did not speak any english yeah they didn't because yeah. they, they weren't they said le buck yeah yeah stops here <laughs> like that joke yeah. <laughs> the one that died yeah, I should have asked. Uh, I should have asked how they cook their eggs. If there's any special, uh, mm. you know, Brussels way yeah. of cooking eggs. 
Brussels with style. fries. Maybe that would be good, actually. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. You don't have uh, eggs with fries ever. No, but I was just like thinking about like how good it'd be to have like a like a over easy like just have the yolk break over the yeah, fries yeah. and stuff. That would be pretty good. Or you dip the fries like soldiers. Because I love a I love a fry I love an egg on a on a burger. I always get the uh, if we go to Red Robin, I always get the bur- the the royal red the royal red robin burger because that comes with that egg on it. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that. And it has to be over easy so oh, that there's yeah, lots yeah. of yolk lots That's of yolk what going you on. Want. Oh yeah. Well, I kind of come from uh, British stock, and so, you know, uh, grandparents and what have you would have eggs and soldiers, which is the, you know, eggs and soldiers, right? No, no. Uh, that's like a boiled egg. That's yep. a soft boiled egg. So you cut off the top mm-hmm. of the, and then you got the, the runny yolk, and then you dip um, uh, toast into it, but you don't dip uh, triangles of toast. You dip uh, rectangles of toast. Okay. Thin rectangles. So you th- cut thin rectangles that'll fit yeah. into the egg. And, and, mm. In World War Two, yeah, uh, when all the food was you know rationed, you'd basically get an egg a week, okay, uh, per person, yeah. Uh, so that would be a special thing. So you would have to really make that egg last and make it a big deal. Mm. And so that was kind of the big presentation for it. Was like you'd have it on a Sunday. This would be your egg. And yeah, you'd have your egg and soldiers, and everyone would like be like, "Ooh, we get the, the egg." And it was <laughs> very very special. And of course, mm. you only have the one. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, because you know they had that they would give us that and uh later uh something i would do when i was very lazy uh would be like if we had like spare french fries in the fridge i would cut the french fries into hash browns i see cook those up yeah yeah they make good hash browns yeah yeah but then other times i'd go like i'm super lazy and you just dip the french fries into the into the egg yeah and that works as well sure sure yeah Yeah, that sounds good, actually. I mean, basically, you're right. It is sort of like hash browns. I mean, you're having hash browns with eggs. Why can't I have French, French fries? French fries are hash browns. Yeah, yeah. Just it's in basically, a different form. Yeah, yeah. Mashed potatoes are hash browns in a different form. <laughs> that, is, that is also too, true. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to... Um, oh, I'm going to be having hash browns in a, in a couple... In a week and... A week and a bit. You can have them before then, if you'd like. Oh, no, I don't... It's going to spoil... I'm not going to spoil Christmas brunch. I don't think that spoils Pre, it. Pre-eating hash browns. That's okay. You can have you can have like stuffing now if you want. Oh no. Okay, fine, fair enough. <laughs> I, I actually that's yeah. I actually really resent like before we used to. Um, <laughs> okay, I want to hear this. We used to go <laughs> that it's about stuffing and resentment. This, this yeah yeah like yeah. It's very much up our show's alley. Yes, this is <laughs> this is how deep I'm gonna get. Uh, so let me talk about work a little bit. Oh, okay. so in the past, what, why don't you say what you do for a living first of all, so people kind of set the stage. I work in a tortuous ear canal. Okay, good, good yeah. stuff. You're an earwig. I'm an earwig, and so I am an earwig man. My <laughs> father was an earwig man. <laughs> so, and I drink your earwax. We used to on Christmas Eve day would be our final day of work. It sounds like an oxymoron, but okay. You know what I mean, though, right? Christmas Eve, Eve day. Yeah, the day of Christmas Eve. There we go. Thank you. We would have like a present opening or like a give a giveaway kind of situation. A draw for stuff that because uh, other com- companies will give us like little gifts and stuff like that, and so then they would be saved, and then we would have a draw, and people would get like chocolates or w- w- beer, whatever the whatever uh, companies felt like giving us. And so then, um, and then we would go, we'd leave work, and we'd go to a Greek restaurant and have a Greek dinner. Oh, what type of thing would you have for Greek dinner? Souvlaki, souvlaki, and nice. of, and of course, you know what? Else? Oh, you like a sagadaki fried cheese? Oh, sagadaki, of course. So good, and uh, and in fact, I introduced it to everyone that I worked with because they didn't know about it. So I'd be like, "You have to try this." And some people were like, "Oh, I don't. That sounds weird. I'm gonna we'll share it." 
then if we don't like it, we don't have to worry. And then, then they, then they regretted it. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's what we used to do. And then when you're, we were finished, we would just leave, go home. And that would be the end of, you know, we wouldn't come back until after Christmas. Now we have our dinner. Like this year we have our dinner. Like we're working till Friday. We have our dinner on Wednesday. Okay. So we have a half day Wednesday. We work half the day. Then we have a, a lunch. And then we get to go. We come back on Thursday, though, for a, re- this is a normal day of work. Huh. And then, and then we're back again on Christmas yeah, Eve. Yeah, yeah. The day of Christmas Eve. We have to work that day, like a half day. And then we get to go. And it's just, it just feels like, what? Like, then we have our Christmas yeah, that's thing? Weird. It's just, that's dumb. But also, which to me is dumb, is that what we're having, we're having turkey for our lunch. Like, great. I'm having someone else's turkey. Like, I make a better turkey. I don't need your turkey. Get out of here, turkeys. Like, I just don't, I don't understand the reason. Like, why would you want to, you know, everyone's going to be having turkey for Christmas. Why, why are you serving like two days before turkey? Like, are they, well, what type of turkey are they serving? Like, like turkey with stuffing? Yeah, roast turkey with stuffing and mashed potatoes. Like, this is a normal dinner, but it just feels like, it's kind of like going to a movie and then being shown trailers for movies that, like, the movie you're going to see. Right. That's basically what you're. What, uh, what, um, what do you think would be, because I, the, the other side of things I would go is like, Ham, that's a way to go. But then you know, there's there's so many people who can't eat ham. Yeah, that and also a, people do do Christmas ham as well. So. Yeah, that's a tr- that's a tricky one. So it's mm-hmm. like probably not ham is a good thing for for your thing. Yeah. So what would you say is a good uh, Greek food? Okay. Yeah, I think just do what we did before. It was really good. We went to a restaurant. The waitress was nice, or the server was nice. Mm-hmm. She made fun of. Oop! Shouldn't have said that. Oh, he deserved it. That's fine. <laughs> he probably doesn't listen to the podcast. No, he doesn't. Um. Yeah. He, yeah. I. I. It's I, like when someone is like gets gets the group vibe. Yeah. You know, and uh, can kind of fit in. We sometimes go to a Greek place after after this, yeah. and uh, I I want to say to the server who we see, uh, you really like us, right? Because I get that vibe. I get the <laughs> vibe that we're like, you know, I know you like other tables and you like yeah, yeah. others of your regulars. I'm mm-hmm. sure you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like. You think we're pretty cool, right? You like uh, these feel like genuine laughs we're getting here. Yeah, I think we're actually scoring pretty good here. Mm-hmm. Like I know you politely have to laugh, but mm-hmm. am, am, am I wrong about that? But it's like I can't actually say that because that would like break the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's also a little needy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that would be nice. Maybe that'd be the sincerity that they'd uh, respect. They'd okay. Go like oh, you were very vulnerable, and it's like yes, I was. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're putting yourself out there. Yes. Now I'm going to destroy you. Yeah. I just want to know. <laughs> I know we've got, you know, you've got to like the jokes yeah, yeah. that we say. But I feel like there's a real connection between us that we really, this is genuine, yeah. genuine. You've told me a lot of your medical situations. Yeah, you've, you've given us some. <laughs> like, pers- I, I'm, I'm very close to like, yeah. should I sign up as a donor? We know you have like, a son. We know. Yeah, we know of this. We know these problems. <laughs> You know, this, that, and the other. It's like, you know, every every time we get a little more piece of the puzzle, we'll understand this. And I feel like there's a small chance yeah. you might leave us the restaurant in your will. They're, they're a pretty candid restaurant. I like when we were there. It's a pretty candid restaurant. When we were there last time and she's like, uh, we, there's no salad because it's too expensive. To, the lettuce is too expensive. Yeah, it's just too expensive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My, my thing was, what if I brought my own lettuce? <laughs> Could you build a salad around that? Yeah. And I'm like maybe yeah. like okay maybe i will Caesar go salad. by no, Caesar salad. which is fine i mean 
I mean, her objection to it wasn't that it was too expensive. Her objection was they would have to charge too much for the salad. Yeah. Would, they would feel bad, like, having to charge. then people will get mad at them, like, yeah. how much for... Why is it $12 for a salad? Yeah. Yeah. Because there's markup and it's really expensive right now. Yeah, we're a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's how restaurants work. <laughs> yeah. There's a markup. I don't know if you knew that. This is more than a cost in the store. Mm-hmm. I know, and it feels like, you know, for lettuce, lettuce, but not fancy lettuce, you're just like... It is water. It's basically water <laughs> loosely wrapped around sure, sure. with some fibers. Yeah. You know, how's it taste? Eh, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's but it's not worth... It's a transportation system. Yeah, if I had... It's a way of transporting uh, salad dressing into your mouth. Sure, sure. I could just give me a shooter of salad dressing. <laughs> we'll call it a day. Give me some ranch dressing and well, I'll dip something into it. Yeah, yeah. You know, there we are. Sure. Like I you know, Just chop up some vegetables way too big. We'll call it a Greek salad as it is. And go from there. And well, you could get a Greek salad at that restaurant because it is a Greek restaurant. Yeah, and then give me some uh, olives with pits in them that's annoying and nothing to put the pits in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll say it's a Greek salad. Yeah, the, or know, it's the, the pits. The, yeah, the most annoying salad that there is. <laughs> Every other salad, convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greek salad, ugh. All right, let's work I'll our be, way around that. I'll be honest. I don't really eat the olive. I just think of it as garnish. It's not. No, I know. But I don't, eat, I don't really like olives The other that problem much. with the Greek salad is... That it's cut so big yeah. that you basically get one thing at a time. And that's not what salad is. Salad is right. more than one thing in a bite. Yeah. You know, it's a mix of things. Mm. It's a salad. Yeah. Uh, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's really what a salad. We've, we've been through salad definitions, and I, that's not in there. It's your definition of a salad. Uh, well, I think that's the benefit of a salad. Otherwise, mm. well, then just give me a plate of cucumbers and give yeah, me yeah. a plate you know, of, of tomatoes and get me a plate of onions. Yeah. And I can just like take big chunks of those <laughs> and pop them in my mouth. Or it's a crudite. Yeah. You know, it's that kind of thing. I wouldn't say crudite is a salad. But I'm perfectly happy with... Well, we're almost at crudite level with Greek salad. If I'm having a green salad, I'm perfectly happy that it's just lettuce with dressing on it. Oh, well, that's not a salad. It's a salad. No, it's not. One item isn't a salad. <laughs> it is a salad. No, that's lettuce. You're eating lettuce. That's with dressing not a salad. on it. That's a, that's a salad. We've already established this. We no. looked at that. We looked at the definition. It's no. basically something with dressing. Oh, God. But it has to be more than one thing. Why? Because it's a salad. It's not just lettuce <laughs> That's what with a dressing. That's all it is. Then it's lettuce with dressing. That's not a salad. That's a salad. No. No, 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 no. I know we've looked this up before uh, of what defines a salad, yeah, yeah. but I do believe a salad has to be more than one item, and dressing doesn't count as the item. It's like you can't have lettuce and then put salt on it and go, enjoy your salad. It's not. Well, no, because they have to have dressing. Well, the dressing would be the salt. No, because it's not salt. It's dressing. Well, wait. Are you saying dressing has to be liquid? Yeah, I would think so. No. What, what's a dressing? Well, there you go. Like what? What's dressing? What's dressing? Like whatever you dress. What's it a with, not liquid dressing? Whatever never you heard dress it. it up with. But what, whatever like, what you do you mean? Take it up a, a next uh, level. With. No, no, no. You dress a salad. No, 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 no. The dressing is the liquid part of it. No, that's no. a salad dressing. There's nothing that there's nothing that says dressing. You're not going to put liquid. ham in your salad and go. There you go. There's your dressing. No, no. But if it was seasoning, you could put like some uh, cheese on top of it, and that's your dressing for your salad. No, it's not a dressing. Okay. That's part of the salad. That's your that's your much desired two part salad. Okay, let's see if there is a dressing. English meaning Cambridge Cambridge Dictionary. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, I don't know if I can trust the Cambridge Dictionary. Well, that's not true. What what is this? It says a cold sauce made from oil and vinegar. Yeah. No. There we go. Well, that's bullshit because <laughs> there's salad dressings that aren't uh, oil and vinegar. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, okay. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, it seems to be you're fucking right, and it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> well, I just think that you're 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 asking for a lot in your, from your salads. How is that the Cambridge goddamn dictionary? You're a proper university, you fucks. What do you mean like a cold sauce made from oil and vinegar? So you can't have a hot dressing? I'm sure if you looked it up somewhere else, they would. You can't have a hot dressing. For a salad? Yeah. Like what? I don't I don't know what it's a hot dressing. Well, I'll tell you what a hot dressing is, brother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could get like a bacon fat dressing and you know, mix that up and that's like a warm dressing. Let's even just go warm. Let's go room temperature. You're telling me that it's that it's cold. Uh, it has to be cold. It's not cold. I've never heard of bacon fat dressing. That was uh, one of the few things I remember making in home ec class in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a dressing that uh, was like with bacon fat was hmm. one of the ingredients. Weird. Yeah. I know. It wasn't the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> it's not something that I've ever like tried remaking, but I do remember it very clearly. Seems very, yeah, I guess it seems very 70s, doesn't it? Here. It was It was that, and then I remember <laughs> making muffins, mm. and the whole thing of like, whatever you do. Don't overmix your muffins, or those muffins are going to be real fucked up. They're going to be angry muffins. Make sure there's lots of lumps. I guess. Like, okay, fine. Is that how you make? I don't seem right. Hmm. But although there's the classic family story from from the Dedrick Dedrick okay. family, which is uh, my mom my mom said Dave makes some muffins, and so and I was like I don't know how to make muffins. She says just follow the instructions. So I said okay. So I had the package, and I it said uh, mix by hand. So I was literally like had my hands stuck into this stuff and I was just like mixing it with my hands. And my mom comes in and goes, what are, you, what are you doing? I said, it said mix by hand. She said, no, well, just a spoon. Stir it with a spoon. I was like, oh, shoot. You know what? You're not wrong. That is, that is a badly said thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. So I'm looking at Miriam Webster. Miriam Save Webster. Me. Uh yeah, I don't know about Webster. A usually seasoned mixture of liquids that is added to a salad. All right. Well, I stand corrected. Fine. 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 <laughs> Wait, that's a kid's definition? Okay. <laughs> you, you put it on your pischetti. <laughs> All right. Fine. I feel... Oh, I want to talk to someone professional. <laughs> hey, Louise. How you doing? Is your sister in the room? Could you get her? Okay. Listen. Look, uh, talk to... Get, get Jackie over here. Appreciate it. Could you ask her if salad dressings always have to be liquid? Okay, uh, we'll we'll talk later. Okay. I well, I just you're probably right. I just don't know any like. You're when probably you, right. Yeah. Okay. I've never had a dry salad. Okay. Good. But I think, <laughs> but I do. Oh, and also ask her: Can you can a salad just be one item? Could I have a tomato <laughs> and then I put ranch dressing on top of my tomato and like that's my salad? Yeah. Is that a salad? That's a salad. That Dave I, I don't think it'd be. Is. I don't think a tomato. Like, Why? Well, I think that if you cut up some tomatoes and, and mix them in a bowl with with some dressing, okay. There's so a salad. salad has to be cut up. Well, I just think it has to be like okay, like a I bite sized thing. I cut up. Yeah. Uh, I cut up a cucumber. Like a fruit salad. Right. Okay. Well, a fruit salad. Okay. Wait. All right. Let's go. Well, a tomato would be a fruit salad. Yes. All right. Um, but that's that's the joke, right? About knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Ah. There you go. Yeah, that's good. Is a cucumber a fruit? Yes. Seeds are inside. So if I had a, a tomato and cucumber, uh, that'd be a fruit salad. That'd be a fruit salad, yeah. Okay. All right. If I just had cucumber, I chopped it up. Yeah. And I put some uh, French dressing on it. That's mm-hmm. a salad. Yeah. Okay. If I have a... Okay. Here's a question. <laughs> okay. So I have... Uh, okay. How about this? Yeah. I, I I have a piece of celery. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Like this. Okay. 
And then I put on my piece of celery. Let's yeah. go with this. Yeah. Some cheese whiz. Yeah, it's not a salad. I put some cheese whiz on and I cut it. Oh, okay. I cut it now in three. Yeah. Three big pieces yeah. of thing. Have I got a salad? You don't have a salad, no. Why is that not a salad? <laughs> because it's, cuc- it's celery with uh, with cheese whiz on it. Yeah, but cheese whiz is liquid. That's not liquid. You think cheese whiz is a solid? It's, a, it's pretty close to a solid, yeah. Do you think jam is a solid? Yes. Jam is a solid? Jam is a solid, yes. It's not a liquid. Do you think jelly is a solid? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can have a badly made jam that's very runny, but I don't think that's very appealing sounding. All right. All right. Jam is a solid. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, maybe. What a world. (laughs) Hey, here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys. What other podcast is talking this shit right now? (laughs) Anyone? Go to another podcast. See what they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, see what's no, happening we, on your the your uh, you made it weird. <laughs> we invite you to go now. Yeah, go uh, <laughs> go check that out, and then come back. See Tell what's happening that. on WTF. What are they talking? See what's about? happening on uh, Fresh Air. See what's happening on uh, Horse Mysteries. <laughs> we were talking salads on Horse Mysteries. Oh, were you? No. <laughs> okay. um, my most disappointing salad. I was in California. And I had just discovered the magic of Caesar. My most disappointing salad is a good name for a podcast. <laughs> I, I had just discovered the magic of the Caesar salad. I'd had one for the first time in my life at La Masia. How old were you? Oh, it's like I was 20. I was like, I never had a Caesar salad before that. I just grew really? up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I just grew up, you know, my mom just made like a green salad. You know, she'd crunch up, tear up some lettuce, throw it in a bowl. And iceberg add, lettuce. Yeah, iceberg lettuce. Add, add up a tomato a little bit. Add some tomato. Add some, maybe Cucumber? Some, Maybe some cucumber, maybe some celery. Yeah, is it a fancy day? Cucumber. You never know. Whatever's in the fridge. Okay. Um, that was basically salads at our house was, was tomato and lettuce. That yeah, was it. yeah. And then French dressing usually. Oh, yeah. I'm not a French dressing guy. I prefer Thousand Islands. We had a, we had a choice. Ooh, Thousand Islands. Yeah, we had a La choice. We, we didn't had, have the fancy Thousand Islands. We had French and okay. Thousand Islands. We I don't had, know why I choice. think French is cheaper. And then, and then <laughs> the, the cheaper dressing was Catalina. And I was like, ugh, did not care for that. Yeah, I just never liked the tomato-based ones. I preferred the the uh, the whatever it is, the mayonnaise-based ones, or whatever they are. Mm. Um, so we went down to California. We're at Venice Beach. We went to this cafe. Okay, for, and you went out. You did your uh, pump and iron with all the other fellas. <laughs> That's right. That's out there. I came in quite sweaty, obviously, and yeah. uh, but pumped. And I was, you know, and I, I saw they served Caesar salad. And I was like, okay, well, this will be as great as a Caesar salad at La Masia, obviously, because they're all the same. And so I ordered the Caesar salad, and then they brought it to my table. And basically what it was, they'd cut a head of lettuce in half, okay, put it round side down in a metal bowl, sure, and then put uh, radiating pieces of anchovy on top of this half yep. of lettuce, yep, and then dump some some dressing on it. And Any I, Parmesan cheese on it? I can't remember that. Probably, there was I was there. so I was so upset about this. <laughs> this is so awful to me. Like anchovies, fine if it's like disguised in the dressing, but just sitting on your lettuce, no, thank you. Okay. I had a little bit of it, and I was just so disappointed. I had to go outside. I had to leave the restaurant, leave Lisa and, and uh, her walk friend into the sea. Yeah, just straight. <laughs> I walked home down Pacific Highway. It's the whole way, and like a harmonica music was playing while I was doing it, and the banjo and harmonica playing. Well, the first time you Sad went to uh, Wendy's and you saw that they had Caesar salads as a side. I didn't even know they had Caesar salad as a side. Okay. Okay. Up until this day? Up until now, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, they got Caesar salad. Okay. So what are you saying? Like, if I'd seen that, would I have ordered but one? You, get that, you can get that Caesar salad for like under two bucks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's... Uh, 
It's, you know, it's uh, romaine lettuce, as yeah. you normally will get. And then you got some... Um, uh, you got some croutons. Yeah. Uh, you got some Parmesan cheese, I sure. believe. Okay. I think that's it. And then uh, some dressing. dressing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The most ben- banal, like banal, middle of the road, a hint of garlic. Yep. Caesar salad. Yeah. 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 You can have it after surgery. <laughs> I mean, that's disappointing, but that's not r- terrible. Like that salad was in California, where it's just like, what, what is it? What is this thing? Like, what? How are you supposed to eat this? Mm-hmm. So no, I said. I said no. And also, I ordered an iced tea. Not This was because I didn't know that America <laughs> had you just like tea, cold tea with ice. I didn't know that either. So yeah. it was like disappointment all around. First, the, the salad was terrible. And then I'm like, well, at least I can drink my iced tea. <laughs> what? I'm done. I'll see you guys outside. I'll just be out there sulking. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's so fine. Life's, that's life. Yeah, I'm trying to. A uh, series of misadventures. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to see uh, uh, who invented. Oh yeah. Uh, so it looks like the Caesar salad was invented in, in California at Dave, would, Ch- at Dave Chasen's, right? Chasen's restaurant. Uh, ooh, let's see. That's a, that's a good question. It says it was invented by uh, Caesar uh, Cardini. Yeah, well, the guy's name was Caesar. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was uh, in California. I, I'm not seeing that. Oh, but, okay. Uh, that's what I. That's what I re- uh, read. Before. Yeah, there was an advertisement from Cardini's restaurant in 1919. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, so this um, is before uh, Jason's. Yeah, interesting. Cardini's restaurant. Yeah. So it's conceivable yes. that the salad that you got was more of a traditional Caesar salad than the. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't okay. know about that. All right. It's possible. What was nice about the La Masia one was that it was made at your table. They they brought all the fixins over, then they they made it in front of you, and you got to watch all the yeah. cr- crunching of cutons and mixing in the bowl. Cardini's and... recipe had uh, six simple components. Okay. Full stalks of lettuce, okay. raw egg, olive oil, croutons, Parmesan cheese, and Worcestershire sauce. No no uh, season, no garlic? Uh, no, I'm not seeing any garlic in there. Oh, that was weird. It. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess like the only... No anchovy, yeah, no garlic? Yeah, the only... Well, you would have uh, anchovy from the Worcestershire sauce. Anchovies in Worcestershire? Worc- yeah, that's what uh, Worcestershire oh, okay. sauce is made of, is anchovies. Oh, I didn't know that. So if you're ever like making a, a vegan meal, why would you? But uh, if you were <laughs> for some reason for, for a yeah. friend, and you put Worcestershire sauce in it, whoops. Oh, okay. Uh, you have just put fish sauce into ah. your thing. That's why it's a fancy name. If they went fish sauce, people would be like, hey, I like fish sauce. <laughs> oh, Worcestershire sauce. Oh, more please. Nom, 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 nom. But you're right. Garlic. You would think that there would be garlic. Normally, when I've seen it made, like they will, the, one of the first things they'll do is they'll take a clove of garlic and they will rub the bowl yeah, exactly. with a clove of garlic yeah. to yeah. Uh, season. But uh, yeah, you're, yeah. Well, I guess not then. The two fl- flavor ingredients would be the Parmesan cheese and the Worcestershire sauce would be anchovy and Parmesan, really giving you that flavor and the yeah. richness from the uh, egg and the olive oil. They were always very open, like of what they were doing, and because I would always, I love their Caesar salad. They'd be like, "Oh well, you just do this," and then they would t- talk talk it through as as you're watching. You know, they'd put the anchovy and the garlic in and uh, with a crouton, and they would crunch it up with two forks. They would just like mash everything up into a, a mashy pulp, and then add. Some olive oil and then start to stir and, and make this uh, creamy, delicious thing. But I can never duplicate it at home. It's always a disaster. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I do have a good Caesar salad res- recipe, but it's it's like good of itself. It's not it's no way a duplicate of the of the, the La Masia recipe that I loved so much, which was a very creamy a very creamy dressing. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the original Caesar salad recipes, and none of them have um, uh, garlic. And garlic came a little bit later on. Yeah, like. yeah. Well, I prefer the refined, the the uh, the improved upon Caesar salad. I wonder if the garlic would have been in the croutons, or if croutons had to just be mm. straight. Because you got to with a crouton, you're probably going to put some olive oil there. I'd be interesting if you didn't put any kind of flavoring on there. But yeah, well, who knows? Who knows? There's probably a lot of TV shows about this. <laughs> this is probably half the shows on the Food Network probably, are about this. It's probably a TikTok thing. Like I eat a salad every day. Though I haven't, I haven't looked at the Food Network in a while. So maybe they've changed all their style again. They were all game shows last time I looked. Okay. Okay. And before then, it was all reality shows. Boring. Then it was like abusive guys yelling at people. <laughs> before then, yeah. And, and but are they, are they all that, or just like there's a couple of shows it like that? Feels like. For the most part, mm. they go through these uh, the things where it's like it's just competitors, yeah. you know, um, yeah. they'll all you know, going after each other. And now it feels like all baking competitive shows. Mm. Like the, um, I think the Great British Bake Off did so well that they're yeah. like, we know how to do that. And it's like, no, you don't. <laughs> You're all too uh, aggressive. Yeah, it's too aggressive. It has to be more chummy. Yeah, everyone helping Convivial. each other out. Yeah, yeah. And it's like we're gonna, you're gonna win like you know a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, what do you win on the Great British Bake Off? Nothing. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, you win a, you win like a a, a plate that says Great British Bake Off. On oh, that's it. nice. Yeah, because British shows don't give a shit. Like it's about <laughs> not, it's not about winning things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about entertainment. Yeah, it's about yeah entertaining and having a good time mm-hmm. and learning stuff and yeah, yeah, that's it. And then because there's no you know uh, life changing money. Yeah. You're fine. But the one thing that you could have your life changed is then you become famous enough from the show that you can then like sell a cookbook or do other mm, things. Sure, and that part sure. will change your life. Yeah, yeah. But your your life is changed by people liking you, not, mm. you know, here's a whole bunch of dough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds better. I, I think that, frankly, I think the Food Network would be better if it was the way it was when it started, where it was paired with Treehouse Television. So during the day you had kids, the young kids at shows, you know, Bananas in pajamas and and those sort of things. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then at six o'clock and they eat the bananas. Yes, <laughs> they peel them at six right o'clock. That's right. It's bananas and pajamas splits. <laughs> and yeah, but then at six o'clock it would switch over and it would suddenly become the Food Network, which seemed odd at the time. But now, but when I think about it, it seems perfect because you don't need twenty four hours of food shows. No. no, one needs that. Or news, frankly. Or, or news. Yeah, that's too much news. That if is you too could, much like, news. split up the news network with the comedy network, that'd be fantastic. Even <laughs> CNN, though, it feels like they realize they haven't got enough. Right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. like you'll turn on CNN like, oh, what's going on with that war? And it's just like the 80s. It was a crazy time. And let's tell you about it. And it's like, why isn't this on, you know, the equivalent of MTV? Why am I finding out, you know, sitcoms took a turn and like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, and cheers show them the way. This isn't the news, but yeah, yeah it's not. Right. It's it's got no connection to the news. Yeah. You know, I could see if it was like breaking down things like, and here's what happened with Watergate, mm-hmm. which hey, you might have parallels with what's going on today. Oh, that makes sense. But like, they'll have things like the history of comedy. Like, why? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I'm interested in that. But why are you on CNN at eight o'clock? <laughs> there's nothing. There's no reason for this at all. Yeah. You know, it's nice to see Cliff Nestor off, but uh, what, what, what's going on? Yeah, one of the reasons I stopped being a habitual CBC listener is I didn't like all the news that they <laughs> that there was on. Because when I first started listening, they didn't have the news every hour. They would have it like every couple hours. They would okay. have a news, the news thing. Then they, decide, then they thought, I guess they did some sort of, they got some sort of like 
you know, the Angus Reid poll or whatever had phoned people up and they're like, what do you like about CBC? And they're like, oh, I like the news. Oh, do you? Oh, how about if we have it on the hour every hour? You know what doesn't change every hour? The news. It's pretty much the same news every hour. Yep. So it's just so repetitive that I just, I just couldn't, couldn't, I was bored by people it. People like the news and classical music. Those are the things they always say they like. <laughs> but they're lying. They are lying. I do like classical music. That's why I listen to it. But it was just the news every interrupting it. Because what they couldn't do then was like do a long musical piece. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do long musical pieces anymore because uh, the news was had to come on. You're just like, ah, oh, stupid. Do they still do drama? I think they do. I mean, they. it's been a while since I listened. I, that was something I really liked, like the Mystery Project. Okay. On the CBC, where they would. That's have... what I start when I was a kid. That's what I started off doing was like CBC dramas and mm, stuff. Like yeah. there'd be those gigs. Yeah, I don't think they record them here. I think they're all done like back east. Mm. The one that I remember seemed to be kind of uh, maritime based. So I don't know if they they must. I don't know if they recorded it in Halifax okay, or whatever. Maybe. Or if they just had like actors who pretended they were from the Maritimes in Toronto do it. But there was a few shows like that which I which I enjoyed. I like you know I like I like radio as a as a dramatic well, that to medium. me like feels like something that other people aren't doing so you know cbc should be doing the stuff that other people aren't doing ideally but i mean the problem with like government the problem with the idea that the problem well the problem is is the idea that the cbc should be in some way like a, a mass appeal thing that everyone should like it that it should serve everyone and that it uh should like if it can't turn a profit because that's not it's not made to be a profit, but it it should like uh, justify its expense. You know what I mean? Okay. Which is the wrong. That's wrong. Like it yeah. should not be that. It should be like as odd as they can make it. We're it should also be as, we're also too big to just to justify the expense. The expense will always be outstanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would make sense if we were uh, the size of England. Then it makes sense. Except we're using the English model, and we're an enormous country. Yeah, but we so, don't we don't totally use English model. Like in England, people have to pay their TV, whatever it is, a TV rate or whatever mm-hmm. they pay, which funds the BBC. Yep. We don't. I mean, we do. We pay our taxes, but we don't pay like a specific tax to, to support the. And the CBC they've has got the population density per yeah. region. That yeah, it makes it it makes more sense there. Yeah. Than uh, than here. And CBC Radio doesn't have ads, but CBC Television does. It is supposed to be like a, a model that's self-supporting to a degree. Right. But BBC, or CBC is just supposed to be like this weird cookie thing that kind of reaches across the country and, and unites uh, weirdos. It's that's not, perfect. It's not, uh, it's not completely set yet. It's pretty new. But I do like CG, uh, CBC Gem having the model of, do you want to pay for uh, commercial? Do you want to have commercials? Mm. Or do you want to pay a, a monthly fee and then you get no commercials? Yeah. It's your choice. Either way. Sure. And sure. Uh, if you say, uh, I'm good with commercials, we're going to show you the same damn commercials every time. So you go <laughs> fucking insane. I'm like, yeah, I understand. I, I, I get what you're doing. I get the game you're playing here, mm. CBC. I can see why uh, you like to be in your phone when you're watching TV, if that's what you're doing. <laughs> But it's the same. I one. watch a lot of CBC Gem yeah. just because there's a lot of shows that I would not assume would be on there, and I'm like scanning around, like, oh mm-hmm. fuck, they got like the original Ghost. Oh whoa, they got documentary now. Oh wait, yeah, whoa, yeah. they got this and then the other. Yeah, like all right, sure, I'm in. It's kind of like Canopy, which you can get through th- th- your library. Uh, okay, your library s- subscription or whatever you call it, your library membership, um, and that's like got tons of great movies on it and mm. shows and stuff that you don't expect, and you'd be like. You'll be like, 
Well, actually, Mary said this. She's like, I was wanted to see, I wanted to watch The Handmaiden again, which is by um, this. Oh, I can't remember his name now. The director who directed Parasite and The Host. And, uh, Bong, uh, Bong, jeez. Oh, it's yeah, okay. I don't want to be making up names. Yeah, don't make. <laughs> you know, let bong. me just, uh, let me just say bong. as many. Names. Yeah, let's, let, let's end that there. But I want to say that. Uh, all right, I'll look it up. Um, and she's like, oh, she said, I really wanted to watch it, but it wasn't available on any of the streaming services. And then she's Bong uh, Jun Ho. Oh yeah. So then so, she said, hey, uh, "Not too bad. Pretty got yeah, pretty you, close. Yeah, you got pretty close. That's pretty close for mid fifties. Right? <laughs> I'll give you. Okay, go I, ahead. I said yes. And okay. uh, she said, but then I looked it up on Canopy and it was available there. So because I just knew it would be there. So yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. So it's it's a it's a nice alternative. Uh, the only problem is, is I don't know if you use Just Watch or some one of those sort of. I wa- I watch it on. Um, like uh, whatever the uh, Fire Stick, Roku, whatever. Okay, well, Just Watch is like an app you can have on your phone. And oh, if, okay. if you're curious where a movie might be available, you can type in its... You can oh, type yeah, it yeah, in. yeah. I used to do that. Okay, here's what I used to do with that. Okay. Was, uh, back when my wife had a TV series, which was uh, the Why the Last Man show. Yeah. I would look up Just Watch and, just, and see what was the most asked about or requested uh, shows okay. uh, in different regions. Sure. And it was almost always in the top 10 okay. of like, you know, that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so I'd take screenshots of that. <laughs> Just like later on when people were going, I guess there's not a lot of ratings. I'm like, well, people are looking for it on all the streaming services. Yeah, yeah. It's always up, it's always up there. So, yeah, I used to go on Just Watch quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, so you can like put in all the various services that you have, all the different streaming services. Yeah, and then it will tell you what if it's available there, and then it'll also make it. It'll also like say, or you could rent it through Google or YouTube or whatever, or Amazon or whatever, depending what you want to watch. So, yeah, but it's uh, it, but it doesn't do Canopy for some reason. It won't huh. uh, just watch says no to Canopy. Oh, because it's a library situation. I guess so, yeah. And probably each library has its own. Or, I know. Or, or libraries a, all all tied together. Yeah, it's a it's a service that I think uh, I think li- I think it's a service that exists outside of libraries, and they just they sign up to be part of like part of that service. Okay, interesting. Because it's kind of like when like when the girls were younger, and we would go to the library quite a bit. Um, you know, you could rent DVDs there, or you could rent CDs there, sure. and stuff like that. So. We would quite often, not rent, but you could sign out DVDs or sign out music. And so that we would cut off and do that. I'm so, yeah, I'm uh, of the uh, generation where uh, my parents would, would rent like little uh, films. Uh, and you just take okay. it and put it on the reel to reel, whatever you call yeah, it, yeah. The, the movie projector that we had at home. And yeah, you'd uh, run like an old, you know, uh, black and white comedy, like a um, Laurel and Hardy or okay. something, or an wow. old cartoon. Wow, yeah. Yeah, pretty pretty neat. Oh, I'm of the age that my parents, they rented film strips. We would just watch, like, the cl- the Greek myths, and then we'd just go through and it. And they would go, it, bong. Beep, beep. Yeah, we'd have to turn the, bong. the next screen. <laughs> yeah, change the thing. <laughs> Actually, in grade six, grade six, the teacher, um, I guess he, he must have got it from somewhere, but he brought in... Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush and played it for the oh, class. Oh, nice one. I know. Did I, it play well in the, in the class? It played well for this boy. Okay. This little boy liked it a lot. He thought right. it was the best, one of the best things and he'd ever seen. Were they, so the kids around you weren't like, boy. No, because kids, kids were, like in those days, we all grew up with black and white to a degree. Sure. So we were, like, no one was like, oh, black and white, uh. 
We have to read this movie. Uh, we were just happy to like have anything that wasn't yeah, learning. We were exactly like, you know, if we couldn't have a saw cop to have a silent film played for us was pretty good. Well, I, yeah, I very clearly remember, and this is weird because there, I think there's multiple films where they do this. Where Laurel and Hardy move a piano, and, and mm. the, it was like moving a piano into a house up some stairs. Yeah, yeah, classic. And it was genuinely tense. Yes, like we were in the oh <laughs> no, that's not how you do it. Yeah, yeah. And we're like we're, we're kids. And I think we're all in like i think we're in grade seven and we're just like watching it just like no no yeah ah and and, you know we weren't getting the humor as much as just the frustration and the worry for (laughs) these gentlemen aren't succeeding at this task that they need to to do yeah yeah Yeah. if if we watch whatever modern problems or whatever we'd be so worried that he got sucked into the machine oh no that's not where you want to be when we were kids we were watching like little rascals Mm-hmm. after school you know so we weren't like going oh black and white oh this is terrible we were like going, this is great this is hilarious mm-hmm. and then there was um harold lloyd that hooray for harold lloyd sure that was on sundays you know hooray for harold lloyd yeah which was a great idea i don't think it was i think it was his son who did that it was followed by the charlie chaplin one here's charlie chaplin he's fine too which I think was made by fans of Harold Chaplin. Lloyd. Yeah, Chaplin, by that point, was not... He was an artiste. The idea of chopping his films up into little mm-hmm. funny bits would, would have been... Was uh, Hooray for Harold Lloyd... Um, was that a CBC thing? No, no. It was from. It was done by Harold Lloyd's family. Okay, so it was a TV series. Yeah, it was a TV series. So it was like syndicated. Okay. So I think, I think it ran on, channel, on KVOS Channel 12 in, in our neck of the woods. Maybe it was on CBC. I don't remember now. Yeah, they got uh, they got the episodes on YouTube. Mm, cool. I mean, it's I have I have his humble brag. I have his complete uh, oh, wow. complete film well, filmography, I, I, including I, I, his. I got a picture of him in my bathroom, including his sound films as oh, well. Oh, he has his sound. And it too. also has his uh, his. It also has some of his uh, photos that he took, including ones he took in either stereo opticon or whatever. Like it has a pair of like. 3D glasses in the box, so you can look at the pictures that he took in this. Oh, nice! This uh, kind of like it, it's kind of the same thing as the um, whatever they call those things that we used to get, where you oh, viewmaster, viewmaster, yeah, similar, similar um, technique. Oh, okay. Very and you nice. could you could view, and you can view this on your television using these special glasses. There you go. Enough yeah. bragging on my part. I think back then uh, Harold Lloyd was the only person who ever wore glasses. Try to think of any other uh, person. No, no one else wore. Glasses. No one else wore glasses. No, back then. No. In those days, yeah. Think about it. Yeah, think yeah. About Buster Keaton, no. Charlie Chaplin, no. And I don't even know if he needed Laurel glasses. Hardy, no. I don't think he needed glasses. Abbott Costello, no. Any of the yeah. Marx Brothers? Wait, Groucho. Groucho, yeah. Yeah, Groucho glasses. Well, but, but he actually go. needed them. Asked and answered. Whereas I, I think Harold Lloyd's were just uh, props. Well, they work. They give you a nice, uh, yeah, distinct look. It was because you know he was one of those people like, like he wasn't like a super funny person. He was an actor who acted like he was a funny person, basically. Like he surrounded himself with people who were funny to make him funny, you know, and that's how he, he worked. But it took him a long time to come to that character. Like he went through various different guises trying to like find that in. I wonder if, now this is a weird thing to say. Okay. Okay. Should so I, I leave the room? Uh, yeah, please leave. All right. I'm going to leave the room as well. Um. No, I watched uh, Martin Short and Sarah uh, and uh, and Steve Martin on Saturday Night Live okay. this week, and they were very good. But oh, I didn't I, even know that was a thing. And they really uh, play off each other very, very well. Yes, they do. 
But I have the feeling, this is just a gut feeling. Yes. They don't that, like each other? That what? They don't like each other? No, I think they love each other. Oh. Um, but uh, I really do actually think they love each other and, and <laughs> what have you. And it's it's interesting, you know, when you got like, hey, the three amigos, uh, there's, where's Chevy Chase? Uh, well, he's he's Chevy Chase. <laughs> yes. So let's not go crazy. Um <laughs> So uh, you're going to get a Three Amigos movie. The second Chevy Chase passes away, and they're going to thing a tribute. And, uh, but the, but I think there's a, a real difference between their two styles, though their styles mesh yeah. well together. And I think Martin Short is someone who is naturally funny and naturally an entertainer yeah, yeah. and can't turn that off, mm. much like, say, Conan O'Brien or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Steve Martin, mm. and again, having read his book, Born Standing Up, I feel like he almost treats comedy like he tr- treated magic, which was, how's this work? Okay, let's break that down. Yeah. What are the moves? Mm. Those are the moves. Okay, well, now I could probably design a trick knowing the moves, and I'm going to practice, practice, practice. How's the banjo work? Works like this. Okay, well, I'm going to practice, 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 and now I can do the banjo. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the same thing with comedy, probably, yeah, yeah. with him. You know, he was a very good writer. He wrote on the Smothers Brothers. Sure. He wrote a lot of his own stuff, if not all of his own stuff for the most part. Uh, but yeah, I get the feeling that like when that job is, is done, that turns off and, you know, mm-hmm. becomes very straight. Yeah. And, well, I know, mean, he's got, he's has a world class collection of, mo- of modern art. Like, right. He's he a, understands art. He's, yes. He's, he's someone who's taken his money and, and invested into a passion, you know, and he wrote a very serious novel, Shop Girl. He, you know, and his New Yorker things that he wrote for New Yorker weren't like comedy bits. They were like Woody Allen. Right. Uh, kind of inspired things where, you know, the, the main thing is the comedy. Yeah. He, uh, the, it's, were, it's very nice for him, mm-hmm. I think, in that he's the things that he, uh, he, he gets to do things that, you know, people love him for. Yeah. But then he's also got enough, as you say, passions that like he's got a sense of purpose of like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the passions are respected enough yeah. that it's not just like, you know, Jay Leno c- collecting, you know, cars mm-hmm. where people are like, that's too many cars. <laughs> you don't, you don't really go like, he's got too much art. I don't, well, I don't really know how much art he has. Well, so. I don't, it doesn't really matter because it's like afterwards, the art's going, he's preserving. You should do it. a show called Steve Martin's Garage. Steve Martin's too much where art. Where he shows his art. Also, sure. In his garage. But, you know, one day when there's no more Steve Martin, mm-hmm. that art is then going to move on to, you know, yeah, whoever yeah. C- comes next. And, sure. you know, you preserve art and you're holding on to it. I don't even know if he, ha- he must have like a standing exhibition somewhere of his art. I don't know though. I don't, I don't either. But he seems like someone who, you know, him and Martin Short, very different mm-hmm. in their, uh, in their ways of going about things, but both, you know, delight people, and both are people who are in their seventies. Mm. If not, I don't know what Martin Short's age is. I think like his late, he's in his late seventies. Yeah, and uh, and and still are completely valid as comedians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's fantastic. It's amazing, and they've and they've learned how to like to get over that. I don't want to call it a handicap, but just the you know there is ageism where people are just kind of like oh, I don't want to watch some old guy being yeah, funny. Martin Short is seventy two. Okay. Steve Martin is... Probably a little older. You think uh, 77? Mm. Yeah, both seem like very physically spry and yeah, active yeah. and not yeah. limited, you know, yeah. what they can do. Well, Steve Martin's obviously t- looked after himself. And Martin Short has always been like a physical comedian, so he's always been active. Yeah, and... Steve Martin's been a dancer. Mm. Uh, always had that aspect to okay. him. And yeah. uh, Martin Short, as well, as comes from a musical theater background, mm-hmm. always seems to have that sure. as an element of his, uh, you know, uh, performance. I almost, I almost don't want to bring this up, but I have to bring it up 
SCTV. <laughs> but I was just thinking, like, do you remember, like, when he first appeared on SCTV? Like, you did, I didn't know who he was when he first came on SCTV. I hadn't seen him in uh, some sitcom or whatever that he did before. The Dave Steinberg uh, mm-hmm. show. Yeah, I hadn't seen him. Which those had sort of most of the SCTV people in it. Um, and, and he did do a lot of other sitcoms. You're right. I hadn't really seen seen them, and I, he was like out of nowhere to me, and just and he, he came to the show kind of like when Rick Moranis came on. He came on with like so much stuff. Yeah. Like I've got I've got some Jerry Lewis bits that you guys are gonna die for. You know, it's just kind of you want to do uh, you know Ingmar Bergman with Jerry Lewis in it? Oh yes, we do. Oh yes, we do. Yeah, that's one of the. And we ones. are the only show. That would like <laughs> that would to do, do that. that. <laughs> yes, would do T.S. Eliot's Murder in the Cathedral with astronauts, astronauts performing yeah. the roles. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Who are the who are the people commenting on this? Catherine Hepburn? Yep. Yep. She's there. David and, Brinkley? And you want, you, you, you're there. just picturing like nobody, nobody at any point is like sitting down and just going like, and who's this for? <laughs> Well, that was the magic of being in Edmonton, was there was no one wanted to go there to find out who it was for. I remember that was a thing Bill Hader said about um, when he did, uh, it was Vincent, it was Vincent Price, uh, Vincent, like a Vincent Price, like a uh, Halloween special. Okay. And uh, James Mason was like one of the guests and okay. Liberace was the pianist. Wow, wow. And James Mason was the, uh, was played by John Hamm and oh, Liberace okay. was played by Fred Armisen. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and Fred, Ar- and Fred Armisen was doing jokes that were way too dirty and James Mason was like <laughs> completely sauced. And there was like some actress who I forget her name, yeah. uh, who was like, you know, as well, just like telling too many secrets. <laughs> and, you know, and Vincent Price was just trying to hold it together uh and and it went well and but and during uh dress rehearsal the for the first because the, they do a dress and then they do the the main show oh, okay this was on saturday night live you're saying it was on okay. Saturday night live. okay and and uh, lauren michaels came up to him and just said you know i really like it but why now <laughs> and like there's no there's no answer to that question no and that's definitely like almost every sketch from sctv you, you answered it you answered the question in your first statement though I really like it. Yeah. But why now? Yeah. Because you Lauren really like Michaels it. really likes it. Yeah. With his background. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand why someone who's like such a soaked in comedy yeah. would like this bizarre thing and who loves yeah. show business so much would yeah. love a tribute to an old 1950s type special. Mm-hmm. But like, why would the general public in any way, and we've got, we're the only thing on NBC right now. Yeah. Why would any, like, why would. Because it's funny. Why would close to the majority of the people who are out there watching, like, funny. be on board with it? I know. It's funny. But that's a. But that's, that's the important thing, I think. Yeah, but that's not how movies get made. Movies don't get made <laughs> by well, just no. like, I've got a funny idea yeah, for a movie. a movie. What is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what it is. Yeah. I was thinking, what would it be like to be Charlie Chaplin's butler? Okay. <laughs> like, all right. I guess that would be kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know, all this stuff happens. Mm. And like, okay, that's that's pretty funny. We're not going to pay money to make a movie of that, though. Are you crazy? But yeah, SCTV, whatever the obscure yeah, yeah. idea was, you got it. Yeah. Even when they left Edmonton and moved on, and then they yeah. had a, a ninety-minute show to fill. You know, that they still like did. A, they still were in Edmonton for the first season of an NBC, at NBC, uh, like uh, whatever ninety SCTV ninety or whatever mm-hmm. they call it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because there's uh, scenes of Miss Kabobble getting in like uh, her muscle car, and it had it had uh, Al- um, Edmund- or Alberta plates. Okay. So you knew they were still in Edmonton, and that was part of the why the show could be the way it was. They just said executives didn't come there, so we just yeah. did what we wanted. And- well, that's the kids in the hall as well. Mm-hmm. 
And that's like kids in the hall are doing their own thing in, sure. in Canada, which is just this little mystical, yeah. you know, ta- you know, uh, yeah. land. Yeah. And uh, no yeah. one wants to go there. But it's Check it, up on it's them. enough like yeah, and it's interesting. It's like to Americans, it's enough like them. But just sweeter and weird, and there's just a little odd twist on it. But also, we can understand the accents real good. So they're they're down they're yeah, down with that. Yeah. You know, it's all the things you like about British television, except you're not going what what you saying? Well, you say that, but I mean, the first place that Monty Python took off was in uh, Texas in America. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe a Texas accent is very similar to a British accent. They're like they're talking like us. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. No, no. It'd be interesting. If there's a, an element to to it. Mm-hmm. That uh, I mean, in America, I mean, CBC was playing Monty Python as soon as it started in England. It was playing on Sunday nights at eleven at eleven o'clock here. But it took a while to show up in the states. I would say it'd be interesting to kind of go down. Why would Texas get really get what Monty Python was? But I think there was a lot of base broad humor. Yeah. to, to uh, Monty Python and, that you would not... And be- I think that people underestimate other people. Oh, sure, sure. But I'm thinking like, you know, if, if you're looking at what a lot of television was probably, what are we talking about, early 70s or when are kind we... Of, yeah, but like 74, I think somewhere around there, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is when, you know, you have your all in the families and it was the Norman Lear kind of thing and there was a lot of social issues on TV and comedy was a lot of uh, people saying, you know, don't be racist, but we're going to have like... People who are racist, you know, and then we're going to make fun of the racists and we're going to do this kind of stuff. And that's what, you know, your humor was. There wasn't a lot of uh, fall on your bum uh, <laughs> comedy. And yeah. and there's always a market for fall on your bum comedy. And there was enough of that stuff and bizarre, large humor in Monty Python that I could see like, sure, sure. We got none of this coming from America right now. Yeah. It was before Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. everything was a little uptight. Yeah. Yeah, and if you, I don't know, I guess... And there was no politics. There was no politics, mm-hmm. uh, direct politics about, you know, American things, whereas, like, if you liked laughing, you knew they weren't for your guy, <laughs> you know? So yeah. there was a little of that there. You're like, huh, gave Nixon a break. <laughs> Cut him some slack. <laughs> guy's trying his best. Yeah. For his England, I don't know who they're making fun of there. That's fine. Oh, going after the Queen. Sounds good. <laughs> Princess Margaret? Sure. Yeah. All right. The pantomime princess market. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's I just feel like with all those shows and including this bit on SCT, or on Saturday Night Live which is, you know, there's just those magic moments in in comedy where against all odds it happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to appreciate appreciate that it lasted as long as it did or that you had that opportunity to see it, you know, or that they had that opportunity to do it that but there was someone there who went, I don't know why we're doing this, but what the heck? I just find it really interesting that, you know, you got Steve Martin and Martin Short, two people who have been, again, Steve Martin was on Smothers Brothers. <laughs> yes, that's right? true. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, Martin Short was on the David Steinberg show in the early 70s. Mm. And both of them have evolved through the years and changed kind of their tone, but still been themselves. Yeah. And they're on a show that's called Saturday Night Live that's been on for 40 years <laughs> plus 40 plus years yeah. and like it's all yeah. still feels very relevant and it's like how how are these two guys in their 70s on a show that's in its 40s that are still pulling this off it's it's really interesting did see Martin play his banjo no oh, yeah he would probably go on the show to play his banjo as the, as being one of the musical acts though 
Yeah, I just like when he would play it and just like, oh, rambling, rambling guy. Yep. Rambling, rambling. But he's done that already. I know he's done it all. It's still enjoyable, though. But you're right. They can watch him done. on, uh, you know, go on Disney Plus, watch The Muppets and watch this episode. And <laughs> you'll, you'll see him do that. Sure. That's a weird episode. Is it? Did you ever see that one? Like, you've seen that episode. I'm sure I've seen it. I just don't remember it. It's been a while. Since For I some did. reason, the idea was they weren't doing a show that week. Okay. And so they just, like, Steve Martin just drops by. Okay. And is almost like auditioning. Mm. And so it's just, but but the, the Muppet caster in the audience almost like heckling a little bit through through it and just watching different things come on and perform, if yeah. I'm remembering it correctly. But it's a very loose, weird structure to that episode. Mm-hmm. He's in the Muppet movie as well, so I guess he must have enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. I guess he must have liked them. I liked them enough to get that $200 or whatever you get for your cameo in the Muppet movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious who, uh, who does uh, Kermit's banjo. Yeah. He's a very good banjo player. But, like, who's who's the real banjo player? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Some session guy. Maybe it's, um, I can't remember his name now. The, uh, Eric Weisberg. Who's that? He's the person who played dueling banjos. But he was, like, a long-time, like, well-known, you know, banjo player. Was, was, played with Bob Dylan for a while. And... Was, ban- was dueling banjos written for Deliverance? I or was don't that just think a, so. I think it, yeah, uh... I think it existed before that. Okay. It was adopted by the film. Because the kid in the movie did, what, couldn't actually play the banjo. They just liked how he looked. So he sat with his arms behind him, and then someone else, someone else's arms and hands are, or someone else, someone else's hands are playing the banjo in his lap. Okay. It's like a skill in itself, playing a banjo behind someone. Yeah, and uh, you know who did a good version of that kid? Martin, Martin Short. Martin Short. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Okay, all right. Uh, True Roots of Dueling Banjos is a bluegrass composition originally from Arthur Guitar Boogie Smith. Good Back name. in 1954. There you go. Great name. He composed the song as a banjo in- instrumental originally called uh, Feudin' Banjos. <laughs> and then uh, the song's use in the movie led to a lawsuit uh, when it spread by uh, like wildflower, wildfire uh, through the film uh, uh, Deliverance. So Smith uh, sued him. Oh, I guess because they, maybe they thought it was traditional or something like that. I'm not sure. Did not, did not, do, their, uh, did not do their clearance. Mm-hmm. Some, something along those wise, uh, something along those lines. Well, he deserved it. I mean, if they use his music, he deserves to get some recompense. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. Smith was never asked for permission to use the song. The credits only went to Eric uh, Weisberg. Mm. Uh, and the song retained its position as number two on the Billboard Hot 100 for four weeks. Wow. That's pretty good in, for a banjo uh, song. 73. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was also nominated uh, at the Golden Globe Awards. Uh, in the best original song category, oh, that's oh, that uh, stings. Oh, that's a stingy stinger. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. With no, uh, with no acknowledgement given to the original composer. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, the case was considered a landmark copyright infringement suit. <laughs> uh, and Smith was able to receive not only songwriting credit, yep. but also royalties for the song. Good. Uh, yeah. So there you go. Good for him. He deserved it. He wrote the song. He or he, he wrote earned, the song. He earned it. That made the whole world sing. <laughs> they sang love like, and special things. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, he wrote the song that makes the whole world ding 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 ding. Ding ding ding. I'm gonna go get a beverage. Vamp, will you? Oh, I will vamp away. Right. I think I'll just. Uh, I'll What's just... your favorite uh, banjo song that's not Rainbow <laughs> Connection or Dueling Banjo? <laughs> well, I guess that would have to be a Sufjan Stevens song. Uh, let me just think now. Boy, I don't know. Um, 
trying to think, everyone, of a of a stiff fancy. They're all banjo songs. So let's just pick one randomly from uh, uh, Smoky Mountain Breakdown. A- Abraham on uh, on um, Seven Seven Swans, or maybe Seven Swans. No, Seven Swans from Seven Swans. All right. That's a crazy song. If you like Sujan uh, Stevens so much, I, maybe we'll hear one of their songs later on today. We'll per- see. Perhaps. I'll tease, tease, <laughs> tease it, tease it, te- tease it out there, tease, and so on and so forth. There we go. I got these cokes, by the way, for free. Oh, really? Yeah. How? How a, so? How so? I was at a party. You at a party? A business party. I see. Uh, and um, what happened was, uh, it was an afternoon business party uh, yeah. for the animation studio that my wife. Uh, worked at uh, for uh, kind of a hired gig. Yep. And my sister-in-law mm-hmm. uh, is the office manager for Yes. It. And so we went there. And uh, the caterers were late. Oh. So uh, because of that, at the end of the party, there was a backlog of food that was there because people did not eat food for the first half of the party. Oh, that's And terrible. one of the things was there was like these uh, big cartons of Coke. Yeah. And so uh, said, do you want to take these with you? Sure thing. <laughs> and then um, uh, the the hosts were like, the, the, really regret that we've got like all the, this, this food here. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, my sister in law Victoria, who's been a guest on the show many times, uh, went. Oh, sometimes uh, I take food to the women's shelter after I do a film shoot or something like that. They're very open to that. Mm-hmm. And like, would you like to take it? Yep. So we took the <laughs> took, we took the food to the the women's shelter. So okay. Yeah, it, it was nice. It was just nice all the way around. But the Cokes were mine. <laughs> no one's getting those. Cokes were mine. <laughs> so that's why there's Fair. like a, a large amount of Cokes in the fridge. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Nothing like a windfall. Mm-hmm. Yes. Free, free Cokes are the best Cokes. Free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess anything free is great. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I used to love um, when I was a kid going to... A local talk show that was either, uh, it, it started off as the Alan, well, it didn't start off as the Alan Thick show. It started off as the Alan Hamill show. Mm. And then uh, he became the manager for uh, Suzanne Summers yes. and went to L.A. and negotiated a deal so good she was off Three's Company. <laughs> nice nice work there. Anyway, um, uh, but then Alan Thick took over and then later on uh, Don Heron took over when Alan Thick went, you know what? I'm going to become the next king of late night. I'm going to go up against Johnny Carson. And he went off and uh, was as successful as Suzanne Summers, I'll tell you. Uh, then uh, Don Heron uh, took over. Um, but uh, I'd go and I'd, because the tickets were free, I would sit in the audience. I watched a lot of the comedy performers who I mm. loved. Uh, but you get free stuff at the end sometimes. Oh. So you get like the equivalent of boxes of... Uh, you know, uh, rice aroni or whatever the equivalent of is in Canada. Okay, and uh, underwear. I, I, uh, most of my underwear came from that show. I'm not <laughs> super proud to say that, but it was high quality. And uh, sometimes you get soda. Canadian underwear. What's that? I said Canadian underwear. Ains. It was whoever was advertising on the show. Yeah, yeah. But it was really uh, high end. It was like, ooh, Mr. Fancy Pants, literally. <laughs> That's good. A lot of razors. Oh. A lot of high-end razors at the time as well. Which useful? Is that useful for you? Yeah. Oh. What did you start shaving? I started shaving. I was a kind of hairy kid. Mm. Uh, maybe 14. Started uh, getting a little... Uh, what, what grade is that? The grade 9? Uh, that's a good question. Grade 6 was... I was 11. So let's throw four years on it to 10. Grade, grade 10. 10. Oh, that's about when I started too. Yeah. I, I mean, put it off though. I put it off so long. I started having these like goat-like... Wisps of hair all over my face because I, I just didn't want to shave. 
Did your father teach you how to shave? No, he did not. Oh, that's too bad. My yeah. dad, my dad did, but I think he gave me bad advice on whether to shave with or against the grain. I forget which one he told me, but it should was be, not the one that should be with the grain. Yeah, yeah. Should never shave against the grain. Sometimes you should if you really need to get a close uh, shave. If you can do it on the, like the corners of your your jaw and stuff like that, but yeah. if you need a close shave, you should just do it a couple. Just do it twice. Like just bring do the couple do a couple extra strokes. Yeah. Going down because it's really hard on your skin to do it up against the the growth of your whiskers. I would go against the grain if I couldn't shave for like say two more days. And mm. I was like, okay, then I'll. Then I'll <laughs> but yeah, I was I was bleeding a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my dad. I don't know. Like my dad was. I wanted my dad to show me. Like I asked him, and he's like, "Oh, here, here's a razor." Like he gave me electric ra- gave me an electric razor. Okay. And so I thought, oh, I guess I'll just use this. But the problem was, is I have really sensitive skin, and the it was a uh, electric razor that that whirled, that turned, not the kind that has like the vibrating blade that goes back right. and forth. I have the vibrating going back and forth it, once upon a time, which is better. It is better. It doesn't work that great with me though. No, it, well, and the problem for me was it, it would... made me look like a, an old detective. <laughs> I looked like I had a Columbo face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have. Yeah, you need a close shave because you have dark, you had dark hair then too, right? Yeah. So, so um, the uh, the problem with the the spinning one was it. It um, embedded the hair into my face, into my yeah. under my skin, so I had all these ingrown nice. hairs. So yeah, it's thanks. A nice feeling. Thanks, it's Dad. Really good. So then I I insisted on this be, this being given or getting a, a razor blade and just using that. I I still do. I've never I've never used an electric shaver since then. I like shaving. I like having a clean sha- shaven face too. I don't like having part of part of that now is like aesthetic because my hair is quite gray, okay, grayish. And then my beard is quite gray, but my mustache is very dark. Mm. And it's a very awkward fit. So I have this, like, you know, kind of, like, invisible gray beard. And then there's, like, standout. Like, this is if I don't shave for a couple yeah. days. Then this big standout black mustache that's starting to form. Oh, interesting. And I'm just like, oh, that's terrible. What the hell? So I just, like, You could always, like, get rid shave of it. your head. Yeah. And then just grow the mustache. <laughs> okay. And then have that real G. Gordon Liddy look. Yeah, yeah. Great. It sounds yeah. perfect. Yeah. Or not? Then just hold That's your the other hand option. over a candle at Christmas. The other option. I don't know how Sing like holy night. I don't know if in grade ten I had any like serious expectations of any kind of rem- relationship with a with a girl because there's just no way that a girl is going to look at me with these like two inch wisps of hair growing out of my chin because okay. I just I refuse to shave and think desirable like or a good idea for me. No, not it's not going to happen. She so. might have a thing for goats. <laughs> This is the only, that was my only option was if I, just meh, meh, meh. <laughs> I'm a man. Or do you like to go to the dance? <laughs> Asked so many times and no, no positive response. Let's yeah. Over that bridge. Oh no, my yeah. bigger brother's coming. You should, uh, wait a second. He's the oldest of the three brothers. This is, this is a goat bluff. I pretty much went stag to every dance I ever went to in, in school. I was just, I couldn't, there's just no way I could have asked a girl to go to the dance. The only time I didn't go to the dance stag was if it was um, that pretend thing that El Cap made up. Oh, Sadie Hawkins. Sadie Hawkins, yeah. Then, well, everything's made up. But yes. But, but I thought it was like some like entrenched old tradition. And then when I was reading Little Abner and they're like, Sadie Hawkins Day. And this was invented by... Hell cap and taken up by enthusiastic college students. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that, but okay. But yes, I would have a date for those because then a girl would ask me. And I had a rule that whoever asked me, I would say yes. 
I'd oh, never okay. say no. So, so there you go. I was, I was, I thought that was only fair. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I, I, I count as my first date ever. Um, this one uh, girl who asked who asked me out, and and it was just the queen of backhanded compliments. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was like uh, you know, I know I know a lot of people think your tie looks stupid, but I really like it. Like a lot of that. Oh stuff. wow! Yeah, a lot of that stuff. <laughs> it's it's you and me versus them. It's um but yeah we went for like kind of a, just a walk date mm. and you know and it was you know it was it was pleasant enough but i it could tell at the end of it was like she was just really interested in like talking about hockey a lot well that's and, odd yeah and uh really 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 into hockey yeah and uh and i was like ah, i'm just not yeah not, not feeling uh, it just not feeling it yeah but it still was really nice to be asked out yeah and it was nice to have a walk I enjoyed the walk as well so you know, we're always like pleasant with each other. And just recently, I, I looked on Facebook to see how she was doing. She's doing great. Oh, good. So good I'm, glad, I'm glad. And looks exactly the same as she did back then, pretty much. Like, well, the, this, the distinct features about her that I would go like, oh, yeah, there mm, you go. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me that people look like themselves now. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, of course. You. Yes. Of course. <laughs> there you are. Good on you. Yeah. I like when people, when I go to the reunion and people say, Dave, you haven't changed. I go, no, no, you've just grown older mm-hmm. and I have grown older because I have changed. I have really changed. Right. I have gray hair. I have less of it. I don't know if you notice that. I have wrinkles on my face. But the things that make you, you didn't change. That's the thing. You still have your still uh, look and expressions and, and yeah, gestures. And that's what, and that's what they mean. And they're right. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, that, uh, you know, is, is, is you. And what they really meant was you haven't changed your clothes. <laughs> and haven't shaved either. What's all this goat hair? That's right. Meh. Still wearing that class shirt? <laughs> I bought is it at the concert. Is that a swatch watch? It's like, yep. Yeah. And I refuse. They still I sell refuse. swatches? Yep. They do. Like high-end swatches. Sure, sure. I was looking at them in uh, in. But Europe. I'm assuming that it was an old one you're wearing because, you know, I'm thinking like you're dressed like you were in high school. Yeah. I don't think... I think I was cool enough to get a swatch watch, or at least not. You know what? No, I just I thought don't. of something. Tell me. I just thought of something that maybe what? makes me, maybe, maybe, okay. Are you mad? I was just a little oh upset. Oh my God, you're, you're burning up. You're so angry right now. I was just a little upset. I was talking with my mom. Okay. Uh, well, yes. I could have, listen, I could have followed up with like, <laughs> something just all of a sudden popped in your head and made you mad. Let me guess what that could be. Oh, is this because, okay, so is this a little thing? So I was visiting my mom and dad, and uh, I was talking about my trip. And, of course, I had to talk about my wallet. Right. And they were empathetic, and they said, you know what? Whatever whatever you lost, we'll cover. And uh, whatever we can do to help, we will. No. Is this correct? No, no. Am I getting it right? No, but okay. then my mom was like, she's like, oh, it's too bad that you you didn't get dual citizenship. Um, you, uh, it's too bad you missed that window when you are a teenager and get, uh, getting dual citizenship. And I was like, wait, I was supposed to do it? This this sixteen year old boy, this hapless yeah. infant who couldn't even drive a car at that age, I was supposed to go and do this yeah. without any parental aid. Like I don't know what my parents thought of us. They must, they must have thought we were like hyper competent children. Sure, sure. Here, next you, time you're at the visa office, yeah, <laughs> you know, as yeah. you like to hang out yeah. like all kids do. You just go on down to the American consulate and and figure out what you need. Like wh- what? Also, sorry, why, okay, wait. Yeah. So you would have got dual citizenship being American and Canadian. Apparently at that time there was like a, uh, if you did it at, before you became an adult, you right. could keep your dual, you could keep your citizenship as an American and have Canadian citizenship. I didn't know. But if it, now you can't. I, now I can't. No. Are you sure? They don't, 
the, okay, if you go to the website, you can, but they don't encourage it. That's that's what they that's their language about it. Okay. On on the website, yeah. Okay. Well, like that, so. So you can. You can. All right. But they don't encourage it. I, that's fine. Yeah. I don't care what their encouragement. Whatever. Like, would you like to? Well, after my experience in France, it would have been more convenient if I had dual citizenship. Okay. That's for sure. I thought I thought you were going to say, like, because, you know, you've got French citizenship or something like that. I thought that's yeah. what was, she was going to be Yeah, saying. no, no, no. Nothing that's... Okay. No, it's just, it's just it's a weird thing about my parents. Like, like my mom was, you know, like, with the girls, we wanted them to drive. Like, we wanted them to learn to drive. So we... You know, I drove them to the to the motor vehicle branch, and you know, got and waited there with them while they wrote their their test. Right. Well, actually, we went there first, and we picked up their te- their their book, their handbook to learn to drive. And then they they read that, and then they went and they wrote their test, and then they passed, and they got their learner's license. And then we made them drive the car and made us drive them around while we gripped the dashboard and left imprints on it. And then we got them driver's lessons. So to you know to uh, kind of get ready for their test, you know, sure. to do a few lessons before and have the tester, you know, take them on, the, on a mock test so they could learn all the ins and outs. And they passed and they got their driver's license. Nice. My mom said, oh, you should go to the driver, the motor vehicle branch and get, you know, get your driver's, you know, oh, how do I get there? Oh, I don't know. But you should do that. So you're like, okay, so you have to figure out like the bus route there. And so then you take the bus route to pick up the handbook and then, then you have to go back another time to write your test. It's just like this long, complicated thing that you're getting no help with. And then when I finally got the, the, the my learner's license, uh, my mom took me for one lesson, and she made me drive in a parking lot, which of course was a disaster. Because I you was, say one lesson, what, was she teaching? You yeah, she was like, she took me out for a drive. Oh, okay, all right. She didn't, She's like, like drive me to the mall, and I'm like, okay, drive around this busy parking lot, and you've never driven before. It's not going to go well, mom, but okay. So. Um, yeah, and so I never learned to I never learned to drive until until I, Lisa and I were going out, and then she she taught me to drive. And it just feels like that story. It feels like like her saying to me, "Oh, it's too bad you didn't get your." Yeah, it's too bad that a teenager wouldn't be able to get their shit together to go get a passport. Like what? What the fuck? Like I don't even know. Even as like a, a young adult, I ha- it was a it was an effort to like figure out how you get a, a passport. You know, Lisa, uh, the fir- you know I was going to go to England for the first time. And we were going to go to France, and it turned out as an American, I needed to get a visa, so I had to go to the French consulate in Vancouver and get a visa. At this time, American, America, and France must have had, you know, cold, must have cold shouldered each other. So, you know, I just had to figure these things out. But as a young adult, that's fairly that's possible. I did it with the help of another person. We 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 did this together, Lisa and I. But as a kid by myself, I wouldn't have been able to figure out that like how to get to the American consulate and what you need to do. And that's just too overwhelming. Like, you're not, you're just going to, oh, never mind. You know, oh, it's too bad you didn't do that. Yeah, it's too bad. You didn't show me how to do that. Like, drive me down to the American consulate and help me do that. That would have been really nice. That would have been almost parental. That would have been really nice. Instead of bringing it up 50 years later as if it's my fault. But anyway, that was what I was mad about. Okay, well, that makes sense. I left the house a little, not, I was angry, I'm sound angry now. At the time, I was more like, "Well, okay, <laughs> like, thanks for your not being helpful." I guess it's, I guess it's because of my parents that I want to write my two child raising books. The first one being, <laughs> of course, "When did you first meet your child?" And then the second being, "The guiding principle is the principle of guiding," which is what well, all, all teenagers right. all teenagers need guidance. Okay, nice. Because if their life, they don't know. 
Like, you just can't pretend that everyone, like, as soon as they become, like, 16, they know something. That doesn't work that way, right? You have to figure it out. And I do like, I like both t- both titles. Yeah, they're great. The problem with the titles is there's no re- reason to write the book after you've said the title. Because the book tells you what you're talking about. Yeah, but that's how you sell a book, so don't worry about it. Like, sometimes you just have the book to have the title. I guess that's the, what you need. Yeah. You know, it's like whatever the the seven habits of highly effective people. What are they? Let's look in the table of contents. Yeah. I got it. Thanks. And is there a reason to read the rest of the book? Nope. All right. There we go. Yeah. I remember my brother-in-law being kind of upset that his book reading chess playing son wasn't interested in sports. And I said to him, when did you first meet your child? Mm. Like, do you know who you're talking about? Like, you have to know that person. You can't just make up a person and then imprint that over top of the other person. Like it's like as an overlay, like a, you know, a cover over something. Here's this person. Now they have a hockey, they have a hockey uniform on. This one they have a soccer uniform on. No, yeah, that's I know, not how it I know works. that was a big disappointment to my to my dad, and my grandfather was uh, was uh, that I didn't play soccer. Yeah, it was a big they, it was a big disappointment. My my dad that I was inept. It was very it was very upsetting to him how inept I was as a, as a kid. It was it was just, you know I was a I was a you know a five foot something grade three kid that you know looked like a beanpole. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looked like a baby giraffe out there, you know. Gee, well, I, I, mean, I can't believe you don't. You're you're not coordinated. Your, your father is kind of a lanky individual. He must sure, have been and he probably had home. the same experiences, but he it was different for him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a mixture of things to it. One is if you had played and you had good teammates, that might have helped you. But most of the time, you didn't have good teammates. You had a bunch of a holes. Who were like, where to go, Dedrick, or whatever, you know, like. Sure. So that doesn't make you want to do anything. They're, they're dumb kids. Well, yeah. They're dumb dumbs. They're yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah of course they're, they're. That's their job. Is they're learning. They're not fully formed. They're not fully formed either. Yeah. So then you need like adults who are there to help. Yeah. Things, but they don't do anything either. They're they're there to win. So they're you're just a useless appendage to them. How about you play right center left right field out in the parking lot? Just. Sit in, sit in your dad's car, actually. It's probably, that's probably the best place. Or maybe farther up. Maybe go to the 7-Eleven up the street. That's even better. Yeah. It is interesting. Uh, again, I brought this up on the show. Is uh, having niece and nephew and, and, and having all these real strong memories of when I was my uh, nephew's age and my niece's age. Mm. And, just, and just going like, oh, I was very young. Because <laughs> you're always like the oldest you've ever been, right? Yeah. So you... You picture yourself and the decisions you've made as like you made these decisions as like a fully formed, you know, individual that should know better. And then I look at like, well, no, you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, you you were dumb because you're a kid, and not not as in like, yeah, you know, uh, but you were. You're not. You sure, haven't sure. gotten all the all the pieces of the puzzle yeah. yet, and you're, That's you're fine, trying though. to put it all together. But you should be allowed to make decisions. Oh, you should. You're gonna. You have should to be make, allowed to be make screw up and. Stuff you're gonna like have that. to make decisions. Yeah, yeah. But the idea of like someone who is not fully formed, you know, then going out and like having to live on their own and yeah. do and do things, it's like, yeah, you're gonna fuck up. That's part of it. Sure. And I, I that's yeah, maybe that's there's life. maybe there's something to that where I wish uh, I wish I wish one of the things that you teach people when they're uh, younger is uh, you're gonna fuck up a lot. Yeah, yeah. But they don't say that. They're like, no, you've they got to do this, and you've got to do this, and if you don't do this, then you'll screw up this way. <laughs> and the idea generally is yeah. if you screw up, then you've screwed up your life forever, and then you're screwed. Yeah. And so you don't really have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to go like, no, no, you get a whole bunch of mulligans. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and by the way, you might do some permanent damage to yourself and some, um, some shit might go down. You're, you're, this is correct. Yeah. But, you know, no one really gets through this without a whole bunch of fuck ups unless you don't try anything. For sure. And, you know, and, and, and or, or you have people next to you that are like your parents or whatever that won't let you fuck up and will cover for whatever fuck ups you make. Yeah. Which is possible. But then that's kind of a fuck up in itself. Yeah. That's going to fuck then, you up more, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you won't learn how to, you know, deal with things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think of things that are like some of my most embarrassing moments uh, back then, and it's just like, yeah, but you were a kid, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So it's, it's not fine. your fault. It's not your fault. Yeah. It's absolutely not your fault. You were fine. Like I know it still feels like your fault because yeah. you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be kind of a weird thing. In a, you know, we're talking a little bit about going. Uh, like I'm going to this Bur- uh, Burnsview reunion thing, yeah, and you know, again, uh, bad times for me back then. And there's times where I remember doing things and going like, "Oh, that I was, oh, <laughs> I was a jerk, and I did this, yeah, and I was yeah. a dum dum, and I did this, and whatever." And I'm just like, "I was a child. I was a freaking child." Yeah, and I exactly, mean, I was a child. And the people who were like bullying me they were children too we were also a bunch of dumb children that didn't know what we were doing and we we're just trying to like get through yeah. this yeah yeah exactly and and also it's perspective too like i talked before about talking about going to burns with my brother and talking about what a hapless loser i was there and, and him saying is that how you see yourself is that how you see yourself there because my experience of you being at school was that you were a well-like person who is people thought highly of sure. that's my experience that right. when i went through school all the teachers said oh you're dave dedrick's brother i really liked him as a mm-hmm. you know or the time that he got bullied in the hallway and someone walking by said hey don't do that that's dave dedrick's brother and the guy didn't bully him anymore just yeah. put, him, put him down there's so much to that story to unpack yeah. and so it's but it's weird to have that kind of cachet <laughs> it's weird to have that cachet because i never saw myself that way right yeah my perspective on my my junior high school career is that it, it was a failure right know? There's a, there's a, and I, and again, I don't want to derail your story because I do, I like that it's, it, it's a nice clean story. Yeah. That's like, you know, sometimes your perspective is not what it is. Yeah. But like in the telling of the story, yeah. it's just like, and so the person put their head through the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, stop everything. Yeah. You had a school where someone would pick you up and put the head through the ceiling. Yeah, and uh, and then and then there's the side I story mean, that comes. I the acoustic on. tile. It wasn't wasn't the it wasn't uh, like a literally the yeah, ceiling, that's right? Kind yeah, of yeah. So yeah. shit. But like you put him through the ceiling. Yeah, and it was like, hey, knock that off. And why should I knock that off? Yeah, because it's bad to put a kid's head through the ceiling. <laughs> no, you picked the wrong. You picked the wrong person. For Your this. behavior makes yeah. complete sense. Yeah. That we're in an environment where children would be throwing each other through the ceiling. That's the environment we have. Yeah. And we all accept that was that the, this is the scenario, right? That was my the brothers? glory. That's the glory of going there in grade seven. That's that's what that's what things are like, right? Sure. Uh, but you know, and again, that's to me the bigger picture that yeah, I would yeah. address then is is and yeah, yeah. then going. So how do we stop kids from putting yeah. each other's I, heads through the I'm, ceiling? Of course, I am repeating my brother's story, and I don't know how much how much okay. uh, exaggeration there is in the in the story as well. Yeah, because he tends he's a person who tends to uh, like to accent the negative in his life. Oh, sure, it's fine, so. but I'm, I'm sure that happened. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure he got I'm bullied. Sure occurred. I'm sure he got bullied. But basically, what you're telling right there is a prison story. <laughs> it's like it's a prison story. It's like yeah, yeah. there was a guy, and he he went like, "Hey, yeah. new fish." And then he was going to put his his face in the meat slicer. And then the person went, hey, no, don't do that. He's Jimmy the Schmoo's brother. Jimmy the Schmoo. We love Jimmy the Schmoo. And then, and then like, He's later on, you're like, no, 
Jimmy the Shmoo was really pleased to hear that. Because yeah. Jimmy the Shmoo uh, didn't think he did well in that prison. <laughs> he felt really good about it. It's like, okay, what was that about the meat slicer? Um, I'm they, just, they should really stop I'm just that. using an example of how your reality is. Oh, I understand. Yeah. You've got your own story to take from sure. that. Yeah. And my story to take from it is just like, they they put kids <laughs> in this uh, vat of chaos yes. and have no way of controlling them or mm. doing anything about it. Yeah. And like that to me then is such an overwhelming, you know, uh, bigger, bigger issue than yeah. anything that's learned along the way. It's like, and that's when I learned that sometimes you got to make music, music in your own head. What? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. fine, whatever. That's where you learn. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the reality. I mean, you know, I... When I was in grade six, I had to tell a joke a day to a guy. Otherwise, he was going to punch me. Yeah. So I had to, got so you know I have to ask my dad to be like, Dad, you don't need jokes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then you became a funny person, and it all worked out. No, I was already a funny person. Okay, but you, yeah, but that's a good yeah. workout. Yeah. You know, of learning yeah. how joke structure works. <laughs> that's so desperate. But I, you know, the thing is, like, there came the time though where I didn't have a joke. I ran out of jokes. Okay. And then he was just like, "Oh, that's fine." So what was all about? If it's fine, why he's was a kid, I? He's a dumb dumb. Why was I he's struggling? He's a kid, dumb dumb. He's doing he stuff. He's going through a structure. He's, he's a dumb dumb. People team. have uh, patterns. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, but there's something definite. I mean, I think the. I mean, to me, of course, the bigger thing is. Yeah. So okay, you know, when you're in elementary school. Yeah. You're just a whole bunch of like you're just a bunch of little pop and popcorns. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, 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 ah. Mm-hmm. you want to play? I want to play. I'll play. Yeah. Let's play. Let's yeah. all play. And it's like now we're gonna go to junior high school, which is now unfortunately like one long thing, but it's like high school. Yeah, yeah. And like all of a sudden, everyone gets violent and angry, and there's this there's this thing <laughs> there, that goes I, on. There, there, there is. There was there was violence in elementary school, but there's school. a very different vibe there between like when you you went to chalmers or whatever that Mm -hmm. was just over there yeah and it's just like it's feet away it's like you could run there while while holding your breath yeah and like now you've walked over to the the junior high school yeah and shit's different for sure and and, yeah and because for us the kids were four years older than us not when you went they were three years older okay for us it was four years older which is like an incredible amount of age it's a big age difference. Okay. Fair, and that, fair, that, fair enough. But there's definitely something yeah. that when you walk in, all the kids know this is different. Yeah. I get it. And somehow the, the structure is immediately imposed on you and you yeah. get, oh, it's like this. And uh, okay, this is what it's going to be like. And it's mm-hmm. completely changed. And it's not that the kids are radically different from when they were you know, a couple of feet over here to a couple of feet over here. But they realize that the structure is different. Yeah. And to me, that's the thing that like... How do you fix that? And you go, yeah. what can you do? Well, something. Because clearly... The- I mean, part, part of it is you're not a teenager. For us, we weren't teenagers yet when we went, when we okay. made the cross. Like, not, we, we still had, like, high-pitched voices. We are, you know, mm-hmm. we, we're still, we hadn't gone through puberty. And so there's these people who have gone through puberty. They're they're on they're in the sure. mean they're in the mean part of teenage years. There, yeah. There's yeah, hormones, yeah. You're, you're messed up. Yeah. But there doesn't seem to be anything in place yeah. that goes okay so these sweet kids yes. that were over there are going to be here and they're going to be going through puberty they're not sweet and but okay I, generally elementary school oh. kids the the militia okay the kindergartens are sweet after that all bets are off hmm. you know listen i had a hard time in grade six and seven yeah i, I understand yeah but the hard time i had in grade six and seven no one was like actively violent towards yeah, me. Yeah. It was just more teasing. 
it was just teasy. Yeah. You know, it was just like, we're all made of rubber still. If you push <laughs> me down, I'll bounce. Yeah. You know, what? no one's really getting hurt. No one's mm-hmm. going home with a black eye. Yeah. Or, or like bad scrapes or bruises or anything. Like bru- bruises is in like someone's been hitting you. Yeah. And then you go to high school or mm. junior high school and all of a sudden it's intense and violent and there's something and it yeah. and it is like part of it yeah you're going through puberty and so your hormones are kicking in and so you are literally going crazy i understand but there's nothing structurally in place going like we know that's going to happen <laughs> because that's yeah. what always happens mm-hmm. and instead it's more the teachers i think going I, I'm just doing my department. Yeah. I'm just teaching home act, man. Sure. I'm teaching math. I can't control the world. Uh, the, there's a vice principal. There's one guy. Yeah. He's kind of in charge of that, controlling the whole fucking school and this, you know, thousand kids or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So good luck to you. And here you go. And well, we're just going to make sure that they, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, there were controls like. You know, when we ha- if there was a fight that was going to happen, it happened off school grounds. That's why fights were in the church parking lot. Because mm-hmm. then we couldn't get in trouble then for fighting. Yeah, you, still you could get, get in trouble, trouble for fighting. You get in trouble. You get in trouble fighting in the church because there was off school property. The school couldn't get mad at you for fighting. Okay, there. so if a teacher walked by and saw you fighting in the in the church uh, uh, parking lot, well, you do it after school. You wouldn't do okay. it. Okay, yeah. So, so okay, school after time. school, yeah, yeah. Uh, your principal is walking by, yeah. and sees. Uh, a oh yeah, he would say something for sure. Yeah, but th- you couldn't. You couldn't get like an attention or whatever because you weren't. You weren't at school anymore. Okay, you run away. All right. Yeah, not much they could do about the it. The one, the one big fight I had, I guess, was like sort of off school grounds. It was enough. It was sort of in the woods next to the school. Okay. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> but by that point, by that point, I was so mad. I was so mad, not just at you know the people who were around who were like chanting and shit. Mm. So much so that I threw the kid who was like fighting me into them quite a few times because I was like, "Fuck you." Yeah, yeah. Um. But like when when made a mosh you know, pit. Yeah, when they were uh, uh, you know, taking me to the principal's office or whatever it was, it's like I don't give a shit. Yeah, you can protect me. Yeah, so go fuck yourself. Hmm. You know what? 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 What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? Yeah, you know you've got you've got no power here. You've just showed me you've got no power uh, because you couldn't protect me like on the rest of the things. So like, fuck you. Yeah, you know, and I had a little bit of that in elementary school once upon a time too. When I, I think I told you this, where it was like a, a the principal grabbed me by my snowsuit, uh, the hood, yeah. and I couldn't breathe. Mm. And by the time I got to the principal's office, I was like, I couldn't breathe. Yeah, and I was like, you shouldn't be. No, I couldn't breathe. Yeah, that's beyond <laughs> any shit that I was fucking doing. Yeah, and I'm not saying this with swears because back then I didn't know swears, <laughs> but I just knew like, no, the bigger issue here is like you were choking me, and you can't do that. And then in junior high, it was. Is like you got nothing for me you can't protect me so don't pretend to be like an authority figure to me mm. because you're not yeah you know so you know fuck this and then and then the next couple of days kids came up to me and were like that was a great fight you're really good that was, a good fight. <laughs> that was really great and I, I you know listen i appreciated that like no one was trying to beat me up yeah but i was like you guys are fucking assholes hmm. this whole thing is fucked the sooner i can get out of this place the better. Yeah. This is this whole thing is broken, and I don't know how to fix it. But it's also not my job to fix it. And uh, but yeah, I know one thing. It wasn't the kids' fault because the kids were little dum dums. We're just like all broken hormonal, you know, little super balls that they just threw into like a, a structure and just that we're all banging against each other. 
I guess. I mean, shit happens. No. Shit that's doesn't my, happen. That's that was my, bullshit. That's nope. <laughs> nope. Kids shouldn't, kids shouldn't be hurt. Kids shouldn't be abused. Kids shouldn't be forced to be in an environment where, where they can be so hurt and fucked up forever. No. That's completely fucking unacceptable. And that we allow this structure to, to continue and we don't care and just go like, that's just the way it is. I think it's different now, though. I'm sure it is. I think, I think a lot of what it, we... What makes it different now isn't people going, that's the way it is. Well, that's the thing. And I think for us, when we went through, there was a and lot of... I'm not of... mad at you on this, by the oh, way. I know, I know. I know. Okay, don't worry. So, and, and, and I respect <laughs> that you've got your perspective on this. And I don't want to be like, you know, you feel bad about this or anything. Like, I, I don't want that either. It's just, yeah. I, this is just something I really do deeply believe. I just think for us, it was a case of this is how it is. Like, when I came to school... I got beaten up by the grade 10s. Yep. And so it's my job as a grade 10 to beat up the grade 7s when they come into the school. Yeah, that's the way abuse continues. And that's how, that's, that's, that was the thing, right? Like, and in a way, it was easier for us than it was for kids in the 70s. Like in the 70s, it was worse. In mm-hmm. the 80s, it was slightly better. And it's sort of been like a step back every decade, it feels like, until now. It feels like it doesn't happen as much. There are still predatory things that happen in schools that I think are bullshit. Like, Especially now with grade 12 to 7, or grade 12 to 8 schools, um, like where, where Mary went to school, where the grade 12 boys would prey on the grade 8 girls. And it was, uh, it was considered like some sort of big deal if you got to have sex with a grade 8 girl. You know, and that's this complete exploitation of someone who is emotionally vulnerable. Right. And it looks up to you because you're so much older than them. So much older. It's and amazing. That, that's very against the law as well, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. And so that kind of bullshit still happens in schools. Yep. But I think the kind of bullying violence is not as common as it was. There's still fights and stuff like that because hormones, you know, th- those things are going to happen because boys are going to. Sure, sure. Boys are going to disagree with each other and it's going to get big, you know. Yeah. And you're supposed to, look, biologically, you are at sixteen supposed to be having kids. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's, I guess that's, 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 that's what true. We're, yeah. we're biologically true, everything yeah. that we're biologically wired for. Yeah. we're told not to do. Yeah, and even younger women were having yeah. kids even younger than that. And I think for you and I, it's a little different because I grew up with boys in the house. It was all boys. You grew up with all girls. Right. Like for so in my house, it was basically like a cartoon cloud of fists and feet going around the house all the time. You know, mm-hmm. so I was kind of used to that. That kind of atmosphere. So when I went to school, it was kind of like, well, just more of people mad at each other all the time. <laughs> when you were in elementary school, uh, were the activities divided boy girl or were they? No, pretty it was pretty mixed. Pretty coed, yeah. Uh, I went to Catholic school. So you went, yeah. So you had so a different. So we, yeah. yeah, most times, yeah, we were divided boy girl, mm. and so I spent most of my time with the meatheads, and yeah, we were yeah. beating each other up a lot. Yeah, but like beating each other. I, why, why I'm saying like the violence was different. Was it was, you know, we go out and we just wrestle and be flipping each other yeah, and just sure. be like, yeah. you know, just fun, fun, yeah. fun, fun fighting. Right. Fun, fun, fun fighting. Or yeah. even if it wasn't fun fighting, there would be no damage and yeah. you would not be feeling it five minutes later on. Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas then, you know, uh, when it got to high school or junior high school, it was like they wanted you to hurt and they wanted you to hurt mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like there was a cruelty that entered into it. Yeah. It was a different beast. And, I, and with my personality, I think looking back now, I wish I'd been friends with more girls, especially in junior high. Sure. Where I didn't have 
many friends at all. Like junior high was a very lonely time for me because I'd moved in grade six and, you know, didn't make a lot of friends. Like didn't grow up with a group of people, you know, like right. the people that, like, it's kind of funny to look back, like on Facebook, they'll have like these kind of like throwback, here's a grade two picture of us. And you're like, oh, those are all the people that I met in grade six. But they already knew each other for years before I came there. Right. You know, so they all have these long relationships with, with each other. And I just sort of arrived. And it was hard to break into that group, you know. Like, people wanted to be friends with me, but I'm also a weirdo. So I need, like, a particular kind of person to be a yeah. friend with, you know. And and so, yeah, it was very lonely in that way. But I think I don't really like boys that much. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like, a huge fan of guys. No, I don't like guys. Because I'm, I'm a... Yeah, I'm a delicate soul. I'm a, you know, like I don't, I don't like. I don't trust. I don't trust men in general. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which people sometimes laugh at. Yeah, but I'm like, nope, because the men, the men I've had in my life who I've trusted have yeah. not been trustworthy. And okay, have, you know, been been yeah. They've yeah. either lied to me about being able to protect me, or they've actively hurt me. Sure. So yeah, no, I don't feel uh, great around yeah. dudes. I mean, and even the ones that I sort of did end up trusting, yeah. a lot of the, I want to say a lot of them, but like enough of them have like really done horrible things in the, even in the last while hmm. that have just been like and now i gotta cut them out of my life yeah yeah sorry about that yeah <laughs> it's not you i know it's um, not you no i think in junior high it would have been better for me to you know like it was in in um senior high school i met girls that were oh, sure, friends sure. you seem to be like friends with like a wide variety of people yeah, yeah. and that was much better for me but um but to be to be fair, like I still have guy friends that I like a lot. But they're people that I met that are simpatico with me. They're not like this, you know, boiling mass of people. You know that you're just trying to like find someone in this place that will like oh, they, they they like to read and they like comedy and they like music. And you know what I mean? Like you're just looking for that those people that yeah. will that will not like be like what? <laughs> it, was, it was interesting earlier in this podcast how you were saying how. You know, I, you'd have your, your uh, nanny goat uh, beard. <laughs> you're like, like girls will be interested in me. Yeah. And, f- and for me, uh, I never really had that situation because I left school so often mm. and I would be involved in um, uh, like theater shows and whatnot. Sure, sure. And because I'd be involved in like community theater shows or other kind of theater shows, uh, you know, and, and, and other things that were involved with the arts. Um, there'd be a lot of women around. Yeah. So there'd be so many uh, women around that it was never a thing of just like, how do I get these girls to like me? It was like <laughs> there was just such a large amount mm-hmm. of, of people around me that uh, maybe one or two or some would be interested romantically. It would sure. just be like... It's also, just a, it's a chance to feel comfortable. I, I yeah, grew up in a family... It's a numbers of, game. I grew up in a family of boys, so I, I didn't... I didn't know girls, so right, I, right. you know, like that's a that's but part what of it, it too. But what it was for me was we'd be doing activities together, mm-hmm. and that's how we'd get to know each other. Yeah, it would yeah. never be a thing of just like, "Ha, you look nice and pretty. <laughs> would you like to dance?" Yeah. And we're like, "No, you know me yeah. from other shit, and you've seen me interacting with other people, yeah. so you know me more as a rounded person. So you get what I am. Yeah. So if you are interested in me, that could escalate yeah. to the next level." And then if it doesn't work out, we're still probably going to be friends because we already built up a friendship yeah. uh, with the with the other side of things. So it isn't that all or nothing, you know, all you are to me is this mm-hmm. and we're going to date and then we're going to break up and then I'll never see you again. Yeah. And it was just like, no, yeah. you know. And, yeah. and when, when I did start date dating, it was because I would go to like parties 
and you know I'd meet someone there and then those would be sometimes the people that I would not see later on if we if we broke up yeah because I didn't have any background with them yeah but yeah for the most part I always had like a lot of like friends who were women. sure but also you were in a place where there's a lot of people who are a similar interest to each other yeah you know so you're all you're all interested in theater you're interested in, in musical theater or whatever right so that's that's a connecting point you know? and then there was and then there was also you know uh art as yeah. well there's a lot of yeah. drawing and a lot of that kind of mm-hmm. thing so mm-hmm. you know there'd be an excuse to like do you want to just go out and like draw some stuff and like yeah. we'd go out to a park and draw things yeah and so that'd be an excuse to kind of get to know each other as well instead of, i just i really feel for the people that had to like date by dating like and just go like hey do you want to go to yeah, it's hard you know you live around here often like oh boy <laughs> clang it's very hard it's so hard it's not gonna work out until you're in college did it hurt what when you fell from heaven what are you saying i'm <laughs> satan because that's the only angel that fell from heaven what no i don't saying you're lord lucifer oh goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i never uh all that was impossible you know impossible. And i had i had some Obviously, I'd, there was girls that I liked in school, like mm-hmm. had you know secret crushes on or whatever. But that was that was it. Mm-hmm. That's good enough, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. And I was just uh, that reminds me of another score story. There's, I remember answering a question in in a, in a classroom one time, and this girl behind me, she she goes, "Hey," and I like turn. She goes, "I didn't know you were smart." <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just. <laughs> I guess I just hid myself so well. I guess I was because I was a quiet person and didn't want to, you know. And we weren't. We are you sure it wasn't the same person that I that I went out with? Because that sounds like that kind of. Oh, backward, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Backward compliment. Yeah. yeah no, I don't know. Uh, she was from another junior high, so we we hadn't gone to school together, so she didn't know me at all. It was everyone just... thinks you're a weirdo, but uh, <laughs> I think it's cool. All right. <laughs> but I bet you it worked at the time. It didn't work at the time. You saw through it. I don't know. I think I would be too. I need. I need praise. Like I need those sort of things. Sure, sure. Because I did get it at home, so obviously I need it from somewhere else. You know, and so yeah, I'm. I'm a sucker for that. I had a very, a very short window, uh, where uh, or a very uh, short transition where the things that were what made me uh, disliked. Yeah, became things that made me liked. Mm. And, but I think I think the bigger thing that changed for me was, uh, and I can't recommend this enough: not giving a shit. Yeah. And so because I had like a <laughs> life that was away. Yeah, yeah. And then when I would come back to school, I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. And so because of that, and I would like be dressed a little different because like I'd be dressing for the people that I mm-hmm. that I liked in the other world and it was like occasionally i have to come back to this world yeah and i come back to this world and then some things i would do would appeal to this world but i didn't care so <laughs> you know i think that was very appealing and it like yeah toned down my neediness and mm. i think neediness is a big part of what is uh, drives people away they don't it's like that thing with like uh when when a, a cat or a dog walks into a room and the person's going come here come here Come here. I'm like, geez, no. It's like, why does the dog always go to the person who doesn't like cats and dogs? Because they don't look needy. Because yeah. they look like they're not threatening. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think there's there was a bit of that. That could be. I mean, I, I don't think I was needy. I mean, I was pretty... I was pretty... Um, I'm peer, not saying you were. I'm I was pretty peer pressure me. resistant. Yeah. You know? And there's things I didn't... 
wanted to do or didn't like. You seem to have a personality. You seem to have like a, a defining personality. Like there's some people that will kind of adapt to different groups and will just blend into those groups and become, you know, a one more arm of the octopus. Yeah. And you seem to be yourself. Yeah. 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 So uh, you would have an opinion on most subjects. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not unwilling to tell you. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, but that's really interesting because, you know, when we met, we obviously bonded on like a com- with, as like on comedy that was our that was our like touchstone with each other we're like we mm-hmm. both love comedy i might have been a bit too needy with you mm. i think to the point where you told me i didn't have to try so hard oh really yeah that was one thing i remember you saying just like it's okay yeah you, you, you gave me a little calm down thing of just <laughs> like it's okay huh. because like i don't think i had anyone that i knew who was down with comedy yeah 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 and so that was like a very appealing thing and i was like oh i want to say so much to you about this (laughs) because you get this in a way that very few people uh, do and so yeah i hope i was nice nice about saying that i think so yeah okay so it's okay yeah Yeah. we'll know each other for a long time we can talk about this so (laughs) we're gonna do podcasts in the future what what are you talking about what's that mean yeah we hung around a lot we would go on long walks you know get a slurpee walk around the entire north delta and uh, talk about whatever comedy things like that. I think my it's it's weird when I look back. But I didn't know your school career, which is interesting to me because I didn't know that you skipped out. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you would just like show up at lunchtime. Yeah. For for rehearsals or whatever, and I just assumed that you came from class. I, I was barely there. I was yeah, there like yeah. a, I was there like a ghost. <laughs> and, but then, but then it was also my my education, my the way I would learn shit would be usually like on the bus on the way to something or on a car on the way to something. Yeah. And so like I would take these private drama lessons and it was like I would I would have a week to memorize a script mm. and then it would be like, oh shit. And I have to and I just memorize it on in the car on the way yeah. to White Rock. Yeah. And that would be how I would study as well. You know, I'd go to like Vancouver and I'd go see a movie or I'd do something in the morning yeah. in Vancouver. Yeah. And when I'm living in North Delta and then yeah. I'd take a bus back <laughs> to take a test. Yeah. And I'd like study on the on the on the bus generally. Yeah, yeah. And just do enough. That's what yeah, I would just did enough as well. In fact, I kind of dropped out of school in a way in grade twelve. I I only took art classes. Sure. So I went I went into the idea was I was gonna go into a graphics graphics art career. And so I just took graphics classes, you mm-hmm. know, with a bit of like I had to do like English and socials, but everything else I didn't, I didn't have to do any math, any science. And so that was great. I could just concentrate on to stay in that corner of the school, never have to go venture out into the shop area or anywhere else. Yeah. And everyone in those classes, most people were like cool with me and cool with, you know, the fact that I only wanted to listen to CITR in this classroom and insisted that we not change the station. And people would be like, do we have to listen to this? Yes. We do. I also had a weird. Uh, hopefully, I'm giving you enough space to tell your story. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested. And for me, it was like this. <laughs> I'm interested. But the thing that I don't usually bring up while while you know talking about this is like, yes, I'd be skipping out, mm-hmm. but I'd be skipping out to go see movies and, yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. But I'd also was working off and on on two TV shows, which was like uh, really briefly downtown Saturday night, yeah. uh, which I never got paid for. Uh, <laughs> and the, and the other one was um, switchback. Yes. And so I'd be, I, when I go to, you know, on the weekends, 
I'd go and I'd be doing a live television show every so often. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd go into makeup. They put me in a costume. I'd do a script that I wrote, or I'd I'd, I'd be telling someone like Colin Mockery how how to do a script that I wrote or <laughs> some, something else. Yeah. And then there'd be like uh, famous musicians there. Loverboy would be there, yeah. or the guys from Big Country, or the guys from Aha, and they'd be doing also uh, a video segment with like Terry David Mulligan at Good Rockin' Tonight, which was directly across from us. Yeah. So it's it's weird for me when I remember the '80s and there's all these like music videos. I'm like, oh yeah, that, <laughs> that was that was more of my high school. Was just like I just walk in and there'd be celebrities, sure. you know, being made up, you know, in the in in, in that in that room and like. Like I, I mentioned to you, like you know, a couple of times, like and oh, there's Pete Best. Well, he was a Beatle. <laughs> yeah, that's neat. That is neat. And and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. He, oh yeah, he's got some time to kill, so I'm talking to Pete Best. <laughs> of course I am. Why wouldn't I be talking to Mike Reno from Lover Boy? Oh sure. Why wouldn't I be talking to this person? Yeah. Okay, because we're all people and we're all doing a TV show, and because you see that I'm dressed up and getting makeup, yeah. I'm on your level right now. Huh? That's weird. Okay. It is and, weird. And, and what's we, what's great about adults who who are interested in what you're interested in and they recognize that you that you are like them, like the younger version of them, they yeah. love that. Yeah. Unlike your Well, fo- I'm a little kid. Unlike your schoolmate. for TV. Yes. Yeah, so that's an interesting... I'd be interested in who that kid is too. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. one day I'm probably working for this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay. There you go. And on downtown Saturday night, you know, it'd be like, you know, Andre Philippe Gagnon yeah. is there and, you know... Yeah, you just blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So so strange. And then and so so when I so came, people know he was a Quebecois uh, impersonator. Yeah, uh, famous for going on the Tonight Show and singing "We Are the World" and doing all the parts. We are the world. What's that? We are the world. Indeed. And he could also <laughs> do uh, the Pink Panthers saxophone. Pretty uh, pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it'd be, I, I'd be talking to these people, and this would be my weekend. And then it's back to school, and then you know. Teachers would be like scolding me or something, and yeah. just be like, "Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who gives a shit?" Well, I mean, if you're that separated from that world, it would be hard to like come back to it for sure. Yeah, because it feels like the other world that I've got over there is so much more legitimate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and and, and you're you, appreciated. Yeah, and then I'm seeing the people that I talk to yeah. on the weekend at my day job, mm-hmm. you know, on television, and you know, and then some people would like recognize me from the TV thing. And it'd be like, oh, that gives me some legitimacy as well. Okay. All right. Then, yeah, that feels like my other reality is just solidifying much more and is much more worthy than, you know, whatever this high school thing is that I've got to just get through. Yeah. Yeah. But I still got to take a math uh, test. <laughs> um, yeah. It's But here's the thing, though. Even though I took graphics career or graphics career prep in school... When I left, I was just too hapless to be able to put together a portfolio to apply to uh, to go to Kwantlen to the graphics program there, or to go to Emily Carr. I was just too shy, and I couldn't. I remember, I remember one of the this uh, other uh, girl went to school, and she had got accepted to Emily Carr, and I was looking at her portfolio, and I was like, "This is terrible." I didn't say that to her, but I was just thinking, like, looking through her yeah. stuff. I was like, "How did you get accepted to Emily Carr? Like, I'm way better than this." Yeah, but I couldn't do it. She I couldn't. finished it. Yeah, exactly. That was it. Yeah. The end. That's the end of that sentence. It's yeah, like, yeah. how did your script... I'm a better writer than you. <laughs> yeah. You see mine? It's a full script. Let me see yours. It's half a script. Exactly. That was how. Exactly. Yeah. But despite the fact that I was hapless, that I procrastinated, that I ended up going to Kwantlen, that's great because I met Lisa 
at Kwantlen. Sure. Like all, all of my dumb decisions and mistakes that I made have brought me to this point that where we're sitting together talking, doing a mm-hmm. podcast, and I have two daughters and a wonderful wife. So all those fuck-ups, oh well. Yeah. You know, they're, part, they're the path that took me here where I'm incredibly happy. So, oh well. Now here's the question on that then. <laughs> the, 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 what do you consider your fuck-ups and the flaws and whatever? Yeah. Is there anything that they are keeping you from doing at this point Oh you yes. would like to do? Oh, yes. They okay. still then are. That's just something to be aware of. Yeah. And yeah. just decide, you know. I know. I know. It's a problem, but it's my problem. I mean, you've decided. <laughs> yeah, they're all, they're all our problems. I mean, but you've decided, you know, here to, for more than 10 years, you know, uh, bear your soul to strangers mm-hmm. and tell them, tell them your story. And so for all, you know, uh, whatever the embarrassment or the haplessness or whatever, yeah. you're still reaching out, to, reaching out to people. There's definitely something there that like you want to connect with yeah. and you do. And, you know, you get letters every, every, uh, Every week, and people send you candy. <laughs> Where the hell's that candy? Well, it'll be here next week. All right, better be. Um, <laughs> and, and what have you? Yes, we got some. We got a gift in the mail. We'll talk about it next week, though. I'll bring it. This is before Christmas. It's a Christmas yeah. gift, so it should be open for Christmas. I've been trying to think of like you know when I do look back on myself and I go like I was a jerk. Um, <laughs> I, I never, kid, I never I, see that, but I understand. I know, like, I understand. Uh, but here's because because it is a mystery to me. You know, when I look back on the people that uh, literally love me and, you know, there's people who I basically almost only knew back then for the most part. And I go like, I know who I was. And I was like, Oof, I was such a mess. <laughs> but I think one of the things that I that I had going for me and I've always had going for me is I listen mm. and I listen to people. And I think that means a lot to people is like. Yeah. You know, at a t- at a time when they need to be heard or they need to say something, even if I didn't have the right thing to say back, I would listen. And so in that way, I ended up bonding with a lot of people back then. Yeah. And so I think that's that's if I'm if I was trying to think of like, well, the one thing I've really kind of got going for me, it's like it's always been kind of that and hopefully that mm-hmm. here, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and you're fun. So that's also I try not to. I try not to be judgy. Yeah. I try to be supportive. I try. Yeah. I try to look at the fun, fun mm-hmm. side of things. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I mean, I've made friends this year, which is interesting. Sure. To make friends as an adult is an interesting thing. <laughs> yeah. But like, I've made friends with our next door neighbor. Cool. I've made friends. I think with like we had, uh, as I said, we had a visitor over uh, for tea uh, this week, and. It was interesting because the person was saying like, well, he said a couple of times, we've never met before. I'm like, we've met before. Yeah. We've met like three times. Yeah. Weren't but you at Pia's party? I like, things. <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to call him out in front of his daughter. Like, your father's a goddamn liar. Goddamn liar. Obviously not a, not a remember of, of people. That's, that's fine and fine. Yeah. But like, you know, by the end of it, we were all we were all friends. Mm-hmm. And I would feel like yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. It's, and it's interesting. Like afterwards, going like, what is that? And I think there's a lot to it. Is you know, listening to people, not judging them, and whatever, fi- trying to find connections. And it, and it, it, it was a lot like what we were talking about on the show about like what makes a person boring. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I think it's like just telling your own story without listening. 
to uh, the other person. And what makes you not boring is trying to find connections between your life and theirs Mm -hmm. and going like, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, that's this. Oh, that reminds me of this. And I I am listening to your story. You can tell because and then hopefully pulling something that they said earlier into a later story and going, oh, because of this and that's why. And yeah. And now we're having a conversation. And when you have a conversation, that's not boring. And when you're listening to a lecture, that's boring. <laughs> at, at, um, at church after the service, we always have coffee time. I don't have coffee, but there's also cake and cookies, so that's good. Um, so it's all sea things. It's all sea things. Coffee, cake, and cookies. And uh, Christianity. And church. And Christianity and church. <laughs> yeah. And charisma. Com- camaraderie. <laughs> camaraderie. Communion. And cruising. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll often, I'll usually, I'll, I'll sometimes sit by myself and the people will join me. But the question I always ask as soon as I see someone like start to talk, I always say, how was your week? Like, I want to hear what, like, mm-hmm. how was your week? What happened? What, what, you know, and people as adults, as kids, that's a terrible question because kids cannot answer that question, but yeah. adults can answer that question. Yeah. That's too, gen- gen- too general for yeah. kids. Yeah. When the girls were at school, I would, my questions were, so what happened that was funny today? Or... What happened in math class with the teacher? Like, I want specific things. Yeah. Like, you have to, you have to really like drill in. You can't just do a general, general interest question. Well, how was your week? How was your day? Yeah. Good. Well, that answered my question. I guess I shouldn't, yeah. shouldn't have. Seems don't... to have gotten the same answer I got every day, uh, <laughs> and I'm not changing. So, uh, hmm, this is on me, isn't it? <laughs> yes. No, I learned very early on with the girls to to be. Uh, Interested in them, obviously, but also spe- ask specific Get questions. Specific. Be specific. Get but with adults, specific. you can ask a question like that, and they, and they know what you what you want, and so they'll they'll dredge out something that was interesting that happened to them that week, like re- like this weekend. I was talking to a, a woman there, and she had just applied for a job. She wasn't intending to apply for a job, but she saw a job offering, and she's like, "This sounds like a really good job." So she went there, and she said. It was the most intense interview I've ever had in my life. It was four hours long. Jeez. It's a four hour long interview. She was uh, applying to be a counselor at a, at a university. And so she, she had to do a one on one with a student who she didn't know. She had to do an hour long one on one with Sorry, a student. Here's yep. why I was laughing okay. at the idea. It's like, it was a four hour interview. Yeah. Oh, who was it with? Five hour energy drinks. <laughs> They really I think test- they wanted me to go longer. They really test you. <laughs> I wrapped it up early, and I was like, I think that might have been my, my mistake. <laughs> Sorry, <go>. <laughs> <laughs> That would be bad. Uh, she had, yeah, she had to do one-on-one with a student. Yeah. Then she had to answer a bunch of questions, like really drilled by, the, by sure. like a board of three, three teachers. And then she had to do, uh, write up a uh, case, like a case thingy. I, don't, I can't remember what she called it now, but she had to like, like here's, here's what happened. Okay. Like here's the scenario. Now write up a sum- case summary of this, whatever, and or like I guess you have to like put together like a possible tr- like proposal of how you would deal with this. And she said, "Yeah, it was really four hours. Like <laughs> I can believe it." So I haven't. She wasn't there. Oh, this was the weekend. The weekend before this weekend, actually, because she wasn't there this weekend. So I couldn't ask if she'd heard anything yet. So, Interesting. but yeah, like, and people want to tell you those stories, you know. Yeah. So here's your opening, you know. That was the thing with. Um Again with the with the tea this this week mm-hmm. was it was it was the fella and then his daughter who was eighteen yeah and uh, she was interested in, in the arts mm. and so it was like oh okay uh, I know he's probably like loaded up with ask questions <laughs> ask questions but it's like yeah, yeah. In a stranger's yeah. house it's weird yeah whatever but the nice thing was like 
you know, because we do tea, it's like, you know, what kind of tea would you like? What mm, kind of sandwiches mm. and what kind of thing? Yeah. So we've got like some just generic blah, 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 blah talk it, to, yeah. to get through. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was me. It felt like kind of constantly going like, what's something specific that's being discussed? <laughs> I got to ask her a question now about this. Yeah, yeah. And just like, you know, uh, when it's something about art, you know, what do you find hardest to draw? What do you find uh, mm. trickiest to draw? Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you find yourself drawing the most? Yeah. And things like that. And then going back over here and then, <laughs> you know, and just make little, little small sure, things sure. and not making a, a, a big thing where now we're putting all the focus on you. Here's a spotlight. Uh, it's like, nope. Because, okay, what's the, what's the hardest thing for you to draw? Yeah. For me, it's this, Pia. You know, oh, for me, it's this. Okay. We're all got something that's hard. Okay. Moving on, moving on, moving on. And then, yeah, by the end of it, we're all involved, I think, equally in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's how it should be. In. And, then, and then by the very end, it was like, okay, look, if you have any questions, now's the time to ask them. I know it feels weird to ask questions, but you can ask whatever you want. It's it's all totally cool. And she's like, mm-hmm. okay. So and she had some stuff definitely that she had loaded up that she was trying to find a way of getting. Because <laughs> that's, that's the vibe that I was kind of getting. Okay. It was like okay. she wanted to ask some stuff, but didn't want to be like pushy. Yeah. I was yeah. like, be pushy. It's okay. Go on. It's okay, to, it's okay to talk. Yeah. We're happy. We're happy for you. Yeah, I always, I, I can't, I can't know for sure because there's no, uh, there's no, uh, other, there's no like a kind of neutral test group, but I do feel like going to church was really good for even both Mary and Eve in terms of like communication with people. Is this all, is it something you've mentioned before, which I always think about? Is that it's one of the few places you can talk to people of many ages. Oh yeah, exactly. Like there's very few environments where there's people of. Different who aren't your family, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are, it's not just grandma or your aunt or your dad's aunt or whatever, yeah. Who are, and not only that, who are people who are actually interested in you, mm-hmm. you know, want to hear, want to talk to you, know, yeah. know you, and know, yeah. know stories about you, want to, want to follow up. You know, those are, those are confidence boosters, you know, yeah, that talk to people who, who being like part you. of the community is a, is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Having, mm-hmm. A, I mean, again, this is something that they keep coming back to when. It, when it's things like, you know, not necessarily specifically dementia, but yeah. things along those lines where it's like, what is what is something that, uh, you know, uh, gives you a better shot, mm-hmm. you know, against not having this? And it's like being part of a community. Yeah, having a, for having, sure. Having yeah. things to do and being part of a community, uh, that stops you kind of from drifting away. That's interesting because when I think about it, I mean, obviously people who do go down that way, you... They're not going to be there anymore. Yeah. But it feels like there's a, like a big group of old people who go to church who are so with it for so long. It's amazing, like, how how old they are. Yeah. You know, and how how there they are. It's a really, it's Again, fascinating. that's something I'm very aware about with people who are in industries that I'm in, like cartoonists and what mm. have you. And for the most part, it feels like, you know, they stay sharp. Yeah. If it's not... If it's not like a an ill like an, an illness, you know, like something yeah. that happens like Alzheimer's or something that's just like a genetic thing that could happen, you can nothing you can do. It's just it's just you know it's it's but just in it's general, there for you. Yeah. yeah, there's a there's a there's a difference between like dementia and senility and certain things. Yes, exactly. You yeah, know, yeah. And just, the, and just a distancing. Yeah, your brain gets old and doesn't yeah. work as well. It's an organ, like it's like any other part of your body. Yeah. Yeah, when you when you're talking about like you know uh, the welcoming. That, again, I've got and and I've told this story so many times. I'm going to tell it again. But like, <laughs> you know, it was when my mother was uh, dating uh, this fella, and it was not the guy who she's with now. 
Um, uh, but like he inv- invited so many of his family uh, over that were like kids, you know, mm. the youths. Yeah. Uh, and they were like early teens and what have you. Mm-hmm. And he just seemed annoyed. Just seemed annoyed. He by seemed like, annoyed by He it? seemed annoyed by like they, they, when they, they'd be talking and just like, oh, all right, settle down. Let's just settle down, settle down. And then, and then uh, at one point, you know, we're all sitting around the table and we're talking about something. And he goes, all right, that's enough. <laughs> all right. We want the adults want to talk. We're going to see so you guys go downstairs. So send them downstairs. Yeah. And I was like, I, I wanted to go like, not this adult. Yeah. Don't yeah. Don't, don't wrap me around with yeah, that. Yeah. Thing I'm, I'm happy you. to hear them a uh, fuck yeah and so they go downstairs and then you hear like the piano start playing <laughs> and then they start singing and he's like rolling his eyes oh my god and it's just like oh, yeah. they'll, they'll be at this all night they'll be at this all night yeah it's the this beautiful music <laughs> they're playing down there uh, and I, it was just like I just I, I, like all but saying fuck this and just went downstairs and yeah, just yeah. like was hanging out with them because like what yeah. the hell are you talking about that's, that's way more fun but but he's from i think a generation where like you know there's the adult talk and there's mm. the kids talk yeah and let's be honest there's the guy talk and there's the girl talk mm. and the women are going to be in the kitchen doing the dishes and doing all this stuff while the guys are in the living room blah 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 blobbing and probably yeah. one of them is asleep on the couch just <laughs> you know getting some nice sleep apnea going you know and, but yeah, the kids get out of here. We mm-hmm. don't want the kids around. Yeah, you'd be uh, you know uh, barely heard and definitely not seen. And I was like, to hell with that. Gross. Yeah. I I mean I'm the same. I when like if if we went to the cabin, it was highly unlikely I'd be out at the bonfire with the adults. I'd be downstairs with the kids, watch them play video games and talking. You know, because you know, yeah, that's. That's who I like. <laughs> I mean, if uh, they're more interesting, they have they're they're curious. Yeah, they have a they're curious about life. They're ready. They're ready to take it on. Well, I know. Listen, I I've made mistakes. I'm sure with my niece and nephew, and you know, I wish I'd spent more time with them. But one thing I know is like you know, when if what whenever I see them, you know, the first couple of minutes are like, hey, how's it going? And it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a cool thing. And then it's just like they want to tell me stuff. And then like we're hanging out, and it's because. We we always were interested in them. Mm-hmm. We never thought they were a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, we always thought like we're interested in what's going on. And hopefully, again, never judging them on what they're doing and what have you and not going, you know what you should do is this. <laughs> and uh, how well, where are you going next? What are you studying? What's, the, what's, the, what's coming up? It's just like, what are you interested in? Well, show me. All right. All right. Well, show me more. I'm interested in what you're interested in. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, that's. I mean Hopefully that's really that will continue this year because they're they're coming over for Christmas. This cool, year. cool. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. Make up for last year. Yeah, that was just you know it Co- was COVID uh, casualty. His girl girlfriend had COVID. Yeah. So. Okay. But the year before we we had a real nice meal and they helped mm. cook it and cool. And again they felt like at home. Yeah. The deal is get out of the kitchen. Mm. Give, give me some space. Yeah. And it's like no, come in the kitchen. No, I'm, I'm the you know, kitchen. help me out with this <laughs> for sure. You're, yeah. you're 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 welcome. Yeah, Eve makes the gravy. Oh, I, well, she can come over because I have a hard time making gravy. <laughs> me too. It's not. Uh, I can do it, but I I prefer when she does it. She's she she has all the skills. Yeah, and uh, she enjoys it, and she enjoys helping. So that's so that's that's great. Yeah, uh, and the other thing is, you yeah, you should be in your kids' lives, but also you should also give them some space because you don't need there's no need to crush them. So I feel like you know what you said is perfect for for your niece and nephew because you were there for them you supported them but also you you let them you let them live hopefully hopefully and you know you worry about certain things and you go like 
what are you doing? Okay, well, this is the dum dum years. <laughs> you know, it's just like, just what you're going to do. You're going to make mistakes. And uh, all right. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, nothing permanent. Sure. Come through with all your fingers and toes. <laughs> Here we yep. go. Yep. Okay. Uh, but whatever, whatever. Um, you know what, Dave? Yes, sir. I. This is the time where we turn things over to the world of music. Okay. Traditionally. Yes. If that's okay by you. Sure. I, yes. All right. And uh, he, let me explain to the the people out there who are listening for the very first time. Yeah. Once upon a time, uh, my friend David had a show called The Sneaky Dragon. We know. Wait. Let me finish. <laughs> Not just Sneaky Dragon. Oh. Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. That's right. What? I forgot. Yeah. It was a spinoff of this, uh, who he did with, you might have heard him talking about uh, one of his daughters, uh, Mary, uh, who was his co-host on that show. What about his other daughter? She announced the show. Let me finish. She was also a fill-in co-host. She was also a fill-in co-host. That's what every daughter wants to hear. <laughs> that you're a fill-in. <laughs> Nothing more than fill-in. <laughs> anyway, every uh, week they would pick a theme. And by they, I mean Dave. And would do songs based on that theme. And then they would comment on it. Well, a lot of people miss that show. So what we've been doing every other week is Dave has been picking a theme or having uh, our listeners pick a theme. And then uh, we talk a little bit about those songs. We do uh, five songs. So Dave, yes? what are we theming uh, this week? Well, this is based on a, a remark from Louise in a recent our friend Louise. comment. Yes, our friend Louise made a comment and she said, maybe that would be a good top five is sad Christmas songs. Sure. So I kind of changed it a little bit because I'm not super into s- slow songs. Okay. <laughs> Over for like and sad oh, songs or slow songs. So sad songs are, tend to be slow songs. All yes. Right. I mean, I, I'm okay with like one or two songs that are sad or slow, but I don't want like I have a whole top five of like the saddest slowest songs you've ever heard. What yawn? So you didn't even like Sad Sack, the uh, Harvey character. No, I preferred him when he was Sad Sack of shit. That's, that's what it, that's what his name means. <laughs> yes, I know. Right? Yes. Just like hot stuff is hot stuff of shit. <laughs> Richie Rich shit. Yeah, a yeah. lot of bunch of shit. <laughs> they're all uh, they all finish their names that way. That's right. Before that's she was the little, RV secret. Before she was little dot, she was little shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Little dot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all shit based. <laughs> that's Harvey. Yeah. Why is it called Harvey Comics? I don't know. Because he was a guy who had bowel problems. <laughs> it doesn't seem to fit their... their, their uh, You're like, what about Casper? Casper wasn't because Casper was a bought property. The rest were all like oh. developed by uh, by Harvey. So Casper was a book before uh, mm. before all this. And then uh, became a cartoon and then became the comic. Yeah. Different situation. Anyway, back to uh, <laughs> what we're talking about. So, this is, so I, I called this one Top 5 Songs. Bad Christmas. Bad Christmas. Bad Christmas, yeah. Okay. So not like bad Christmas, but just like some bad things that happen or might happen at Christmas. As they might. They might. You never know. Things not can get Christmas bad. Christmas is perfect. That's in fact. Mm-hmm. The first one, they couldn't get a hotel. They couldn't get a hotel. And after it, a lot of kids got killed. Yeah, you don't want to, you don't, we cut the story before that. <laughs> is that right? Usually in the specials. Okay. Yeah, they, usually they leave, in the, they leave out the slaughter usually the in the Nestor, the donkey, and the, and the little drummer boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, usually in the Rankin Bass, they we kind don't of slide quite get that to. Part. Yeah, that's true. Uh, leave it out, leave it out. Herod. That's true. That's true. But you know what, a, what a, you know what a bad place to spend Christmas would be? The past. That's a bad place? <laughs> yeah. If you're trapped there, but there's other places where you can be trapped. Okay. And a bad place, I think, to spend Christmas would be 
Christmas in Jail. Oh, all right. You got a song uh, with that theme? Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. Let's give it a listen, everyone. Christmas in jail, Christmas in jail, had a little too much to drink. Ain't got no bail, ain't got no bail, and I'm spending New Year's Eve in the clean. I was in the wrong lane, feeling no pain, sued my car to 75, ran right into Singing down the street While everybody's having Christmas turkey They give me bread and water to eat Christmas in jail Christmas in jail Wore my shoes, I pacing the floor Got rocks in my head I wish I was dead He gonna drink and drive no more They're singing down the street While everybody's having Christmas turkey They give me bread and water to eat Christmas in jail, Christmas in jail Wore my shoes, I'll pace the floor Got rocks in my head, I wish I was dead Ain't gonna drink and drive no more all right and we're back all right who's the musician for that this was the youngsters and where are they from and what era and what are we talking about okay so this is uh they're from la the L.A. area, and uh, the mid-50s. This song came out in 1956. Okay, I'll tell you what I like about this song. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I like it. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good. Uh, uh, okay. It's a good mix. Two things. Funny and short. Yes. That's what you like. You like, you got a From joke? a time period, yeah, when a song funny, had to be short. short, mm-hmm. and uh, in and out, and we're good. Yeah. And uh, anti-drinking and driving from back then. <laughs> yeah. That's not uh, that wasn't common yeah. back then. But also, it's a good it's a good tune. Yeah, it's a good like it's, it's a, a good song you'll, tune. you'll yeah, sing yeah. to yourself while you're walking around. Yeah, it's you know? poppy. It's short. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, good good job all the way around. I I enjoyed that one too. Okay, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, that was uh, came out on. I like that it came out on Empire Records because that was a movie from the noughties, I think, starring Amanda Seyfried or someone like that. One of those sort of noughties act- actresses yeah. we all remember. Uh, when I worked in a video store, that was the post one of the posters on the wall all the time. Okay. Yeah. And the other interesting thing about Christmas in Jail is that it was the B side of the single. What was the, the single? The A side was Dreamy Eyes, it was called, which is weird that the, the A side has nothing to do with Christmas. And then yeah. the other song is like a weird little novelty song that for, about Christmas. It's put on the other side. It's so okay. odd, but there you go. That's what they did. That's what they did in those days. All right. Our second song. Uh, this is our sad song, everyone. This is okay. our sad song. This is The Emotions. Uh, with what do the lonely do at Christmas? This came out. Uh, it was a Volt. It was a Volt single. And what's weird? What does a Volt single mean? Well, Volt was a was a subsidiary of Stax Records. Okay. So this was kind of later on in the history of the of the record company. And I think this song came out 
because the emotions had had a, a some kind of disc had a few disco hits. One that's very uh, very well known, and I can't remember the name of it now. It's popped out of my head. I can I can hear the song in my head, but I can't remember the title. But um, and, and what year was this? So this came out. The single came out in '78, but I think it was recorded much earlier than that because the emotions were signed to to Volt Stack slash Volt Records in the kind of late '60s, early '70s. Okay. And then they and then they uh, were later signed with Columbia, and then later on worked with Maurice White of uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Okay. And but this is written by Al Bell, who was kind of the later on kind of head honcho of of uh, Stax Records. Just so everyone knows, Stax is a is a combination name based on the the two, original two owners of Stax were Jim Stewart and Estelle Axton, and so they took their names and they made it Stax. Ah, very nice. Which also of course Stax of Records, but also Stax. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. Lucky. Lucky their names. Yeah, lucky yeah. the names are that. But anyway, let's listen to the song, everyone. This is What Do the Lonely Do at Christmas? Here we go. Do 
And we're back. Yeah, to me, it was like uh, sounded like it was a sequel to Eleanor Rigby. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's a it's a bummer song, but it's a good bummer song. It's a nice want, song. Like, yeah, you need you need some of these at Christmas time because Christmas is not the best for everybody. No, exactly. And so you need like representation yeah. of you need an I'll be home for Christmas time. or yeah. uh, yeah, Merry Christmas, It'll darling. Be a blue or Christmas something. without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or uh, did you hear the news? Santa's dead. <laughs> the Reindeer, classic song. Uh, went and yeah, crushed yeah. his head. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. What? Mrs. Claus can't get out of bed. Because? Now we're covered in uh, lots of dread. Sad <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. The other thing is, if you listen to the youngsters and then listen to this song, the youngsters ends with how this song begins with the dun 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 dun. You could have mixed them. You could have yeah. Put them put them, put them well, back I, to back. Yeah. But yeah. nice. Um, and the other okay. And the one reason I suspect uh, the other thing about this song is that. The A side is the mono version of the song. Okay. And the B side is the stereo version, which is really weird because this is, came out in 78. So why are you putting the mono? Hmm. But it was probably recorded in mono. Okay. And so that was what, probably what the original version. Um, if, a, if a song was originally mixed for mono, I prefer the mono. Yeah, you, you're a mono man. It's just, it's just that's how it came out. Yeah. And that it's more powerful if all the instruments are in one speaker or, you know, like coming out of the same way and not kind of divided up. Okay. It's more a powerful sound, and I think it works better with, with some music. Okay, let us move on, everyone. Okay. But I said we would listen to Sophia and Steve. Oh, you said it. You hinted. You hinted. Yeah. You gave it away. If, this you, is... if you like, uh, like Sophia and uh, Steve, uh, we are the show to listen to. You're going to get some. Yeah, you're going to get some eventually. Yeah. I can't resist it. This is uh, So Sophia and Stevens, uh, in about 2001, he would make gifts for his friends. He would record carols. And then he just sent them to them as a CDR, as sort of oh. a Christmas CDR. Here you go. And, and then it kind of, as all things do, as all these sort of projects do, his first two are basically just carols, some, some well-known, some obscure. But when he got to the third volume, he started writing his own songs. And it got more and more pr- production involved in it. And it got more and more elaborate. And pretty soon it's a big deal. And so then, you're, you know, then, it's, then it becomes something. And so he, uh, in 2006, he combined all of these releases into uh, okay. into a, a box set called songs for christmas okay which is a very fun box set has stickers in it and a big you know a bunch of stuff and then he kept doing that and he released a, a second one uh i think in 2000 and i guess it'd be around 2011 he released the second one we saw that tour that christmas tour it was a lot of fun but anyway this is uh that was the worst christmas ever <laughs> from the uh which, well, it's uh, Volume 3 of Songs for Christmas called Ding Dong Songs for Christmas Volume 3. So this, this came out in 2003. Uh, it was sent to his friends, but in two, this is, it was released in 2006 for us, okay. us people who are not his uh, acquaintances. So let's listen to That Was the Worst Christmas Ever. Here we go. Can you 
very sweet gentle soothing it was nice yes yeah. except for when dad threw other the presents in the fire yeah you've all been there <laughs> you know what at least you things got warmer <laughs> probably yeah. the, if it was like nice wrapping paper had lots of colors mm. yeah this is kind of my prime my favorite era of sufjan stevens with the the girl singers and the the banjo stuff and everything i just really like it it's, yeah it's i mean it's good. definitely yeah it's it's bad things happening but it is a very Ah, it's, <laughs> yeah. pl- it's pleasant bad things. Yes. Um, all right. So, you know, we have a friend of the show, David M., who's been on many times and has written songs for us and all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a band called No Fun. And now I met them. I met them in about 1985. My friend, uh, Rob Repsol, who's been on this show, we were doing a fanzine together and he wanted to interview No Fun. And so we went and we met them and they were really nice people, of course. And uh, they gave, about Christmas time, they, they were kind enough to donate a song to our Do Not Open Me For Christmas cassette we did for, for that, for Generic Drill, for our fan scene. That was the name of your... Yeah. yeah. We got, we just were asked different bands if they had a song they could donate to us. And so, you know, we had some bands that later on went on to like, well, no one, like 5440 contributed songs and, and, you know, so all these different groups put, put, gave us something, including No Fun. Uh, and so this song was part of Do Not Open Before Christmas. So I always like this song. I also love this song because David uh, gave us, well, actually gave Rob a cassette, a Christmas 
cassette of like different Christmas things on it. And I can't remember what it was called now. It was maybe No Fun at Christmas would probably be the name of it. And it had this song on it. It had their great classic X2 on it. It had a hilarious parody, which I got because I was a fan of Simon and Garfunkel when I was a kid. Uh, do you know Silent Night, Six O'Clock News, the Simon and Garfunkel no, thing? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Okay, so it's a, it has Simon and Garfunkel very sweetly singing Silent Night while you listen to the, uh, the Six O'Clock News. Okay. So it's saying things like the war in Vietnam is carrying on, Lenny Bruce died in L.A., all these kind of bad things are happening, and they're singing Silent Night, and you're supposed to be like, oh, it's so sad, you know, the world should be peaceful and full of love, and yet this is this is what we have. So David and Paul, the members of No Fun, did a parody of this where they're singing Silent Night to the happy time news. And so it's all good news. You know, AIDS has been okay. cured, apartheid ends in Africa. Meanwhile, Lenny Bruce is back to life. Lenny Bruce is coming alive. Meanwhile, David and Paul are getting into a fight because they can't harmonize properly, and <laughs> and then they end up one of them ends up shooting the other, and th- and then the happy fa- happy time news ends. At, you know, so and so I just thought this was like the like the most hilarious thing I'd ever heard in my life. Like I just loved everything about it. Uh, I just loved a song that starts off as like a kind of weird parody of the Christmas song that ends with you know, uh, and so you know how does this you know, and so. I'll say to you this gentle thing, you know, many times, many ways. And of course, it says Merry Christmas. But in the song, David goes, X2, voo, 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 voo. You know, and it's just like this strange madness, you know. And I just thought it was so great. And and in those days, my brother, Cam, who, his bedroom was next to mine. And he would hear things I'd be playing. And he would always come in my room. And he'd often be like, you know, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard or whatever. And like, he came in, and he's like, he goes, oh, my God, I was killing myself laughing while you were listening to this. <laughs> so funny and, and we just loved it so much we listened to it again and we were laughing so much at it and then we brought it we were going to visit our friends from our childhood uh, before we went to our family Boxing Day thing so so we brought this cassette with us because we are like we've got to like spread the news we've got to spread the gospel <laughs> this is so hilarious and so we played it for these friends of ours and they were like two Easter Island yeah, faces like yeah, this yeah. nothing nothing at all did not, did not get it did not enjoy it nothing about it and that's the last time I ever saw them actually because <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pass the test, right? They didn't pass the audition. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just know that this is happening. You're like, okay, we're no longer, right. like, we don't fit together anymore. Like, what we're, what made us friends Take is over now. Yeah, exactly. And that was it. But, oh, that was so good. But anyway, let's listen to the song. This is uh, No Fun at Christmas from 1985. Uh, here we go. Stocking little boy is what you get You've been so bad this year We will not soon forget You drowned your pets Now you'll have No fun at Christmas this year Listen, Brad, don't start with the tears Some of all your fears You have no fun at Christmas this year All the little children with their eyes aglow Watch us as we throw you out into the snow This is no idle warning, little boy It's much too late the fun you want is gonna pass 
pass you by the states You'll lose some weight yeah. No fun at Christmas this year <laughs> Listen Brad, don't start with the cheers Little bastard <laughs> You couldn't have been worse now Here's the sum of all your fears You'll have no fun at Christmas this year. 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 All right, then we're back. I like that in many ways. It was almost uh, the opposite in tone of the Sufjan uh, Stevens song. Yeah. Still at the theme. Uh, yeah, that's c- clearly my favorite of all the songs. Uh, there we go. And uh, David has such a great twang to his... Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's good. Yeah, really, really good. Very I like good his story. cry in it as well. And yeah. His rith- and then the little it build, bastard. It builds well. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's rewards uh, repeat listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed Very it. much so. All right. And then we'll finish off with uh, a sort of another local act. This is the Sonics, named because they uh, lived in a city where they they had supersonic jets, and that was Seattle. Okay, so they weren't fans of the uh, Little Hedgehog. They were not fans of the Little Hedgehog. This uh, predates, or the uh, or the uh, Burger Place, or the ba- basketball team, which they also predate in terms oh, of names. Okay. Yeah, the Seattle Supersonics. But um, yes, this is the Sonics, who were a v- part of a crazy north northwest garage rock scene. That when you hear the songs that were like bands did in that scene, okay, like Strychnine and The Witch by by uh by the Sonics, which are just like crazy songs, uh, you're just like, what a crazy scene it must have been. It must have been like this madness to go see them live, must have been amazing. Like Jimi Hendrix, who grew up in Seattle, memorializes those days on Axis Bolded Love, a song called Spanish Castle Magic. Which talks, which, because that was this club in uh, Seattle called the Spanish Castle, where all these bands played. Oh, okay. And so he kind of memorial, memorializes it in that song. But anyway, this is the Sonics. Uh, it's, it was a Christmas single that came out in 1965, where the Sonics had one side of this, the single, um, called Don't Believe in Christmas. And then the Wailers had the other side, mm. uh, who are another Seattle band, the Wailers, another garage rock band, with a song called Christmas Spirit. It had a question mark at the end. Uh, which mm-hmm. is kind of a, like almost like a Dylan-esque song. But we're going to listen to the Sonics. This is uh, Don't Believe in Christmas from 1965. Here we go. Well, Mom and Dad said be good, so I did what I should. Hung my stocking on the wall, didn't get a thing at all. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas. Don't believe in Christmas. Because I didn't get nothing last year. Well, stayed up late at night to see Santa Claus right sure enough, don't you know that boy did show? Don't believe in Christmas, don't believe in Christmas, don't believe in Christmas, cause I didn't get nothing last year. Well, tried to get a little kiss from a pretty little miss, she slapped me down, said the jerk, the missile no, doesn't work. Don't believe in Christmas, don't believe in Christmas, don't believe in Christmas, cause I didn't get nothing last year. All right! Shine Santa 
Yeah, what I think this song had that the other ones, you know, uh, were missing was uh, this one. You can dance to it. Yeah, there you it's go. It's a real good dancing yeah. song. It's, it's a uh, club song. Peppy. Yeah, yeah, very fun. It's a weird thing to think of like 60s rock, whether it's the Beatles or Jefferson Airplane or these guys were playing to an audience that danced. Yeah. It's so weird. Like I remember watching, um, like I love like Jeffrey Frederick and the Clamtones and those guys. And I was watching a video of them playing in, in Portland. And everyone in the audience is dancing, like dancing their heads off. Yeah. And you're just like, I never, it doesn't even occur to you. Like, I remember going to my friend who saw them live because he's, he's a bit older than me by a decade, I should say. And, uh, and he saw them live in, in the seventies. And I, and I, I mentioned that to him and he's like, yeah, yeah, people danced. And I was like, I can't even picture that. Like in my mind, everyone's standing like the way we do now and is staring up at the stage at them. Yeah. Not having a good time. That's fantastic that music was played and had to have like a beat that you could dance to, that it was important. Yeah. I can see why people judged it on American Bandstand. Yeah. Good beat and you could dance to it. Yeah. That's important. Yep. Even a song is crazy. Like the, like the, the ballad of You, Me, and Puneel from Jefferson Airplane, like from their second album after bathing at Baxter's. That song is totally danceable. Even though it's really long and weird, it's still danceable. I don't know. It's just, it's a, it blows my mind. If you uh, liked what you heard, first of all, feel free to suggest themes uh, for uh, Please future do. things. And, and this this and may be my last Christmas one. I, I wasn't even going to do a Christmas one this year, but until until Louise so the made next that theme suggestion, is last Christmas. That's what's going <laughs> to no. um, The and if you want to listen to more of these, we've got listen. You go to sneakydragon dot com. There there was a whole podcast that where Dave did this every every uh, every time. Yeah. So uh, give a listen there at Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. They're all still available, downloadable downloadable i don't download yeah downloadable and because uh, the thing is i did them before sneaky drag listening party because mm. we used to do the top five back in the office yep and then i thought let's let's hive this off into something something else yeah stop tormenting ian so it became and then uh the cat came back <laughs> i missed it so uh something that we have also started doing in the last little while is reading our letters out loud and that's what i'm about to do now Yay! So uh, last week we asked a couple of questions. Did One, you did you refresh? Oh, all right. Just in case, I you never know. All right, Dave wants me to refresh, so I'm going to pop a mint in my mouth. <laughs> Seems a little personal, a little uh, mean uh, to say this. Uh, nothing changed. That's fine. Uh, and uh, just in case. And uh, the question last week, questions last week were: If you came into money, what's the first thing you'd buy for yourself? Also, what bores you? Uh, we're not afraid to go there. The land of boredom. <laughs> Peter Ayers wrote and said the following. Season's greeting from snowy London town, uh, where he's there going, boy, boy, what day is it? Uh, out of every window he can. It's Christmas Day, sir. Where, where I'm... No, it's not. Not it's yet? not yet. Oh. You stupid boy. <laughs> All I'll, right. I'll just go away then. Yes, you will. Scuttle now. Make quick work of it. Off to your workhouse. May I, may I have a hay penny before I leave? Oh, yes, you can. There, it's just in that sewer. Just bend down further, further, and ah! the it clown got in. Good. 
Uh, season's greetings. In England, he's the hit clown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they add an H to uh, mm. things. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Thank season's you. greetings from snowy London town, where I'm ruining my decision to wear a glossy black top hat through the middle of uh, the urchin district <laughs> at the end of chim- ch- chimney uh, cleaning hours. Of course, you should be. Yes. <laughs> Deep apologies in advance to Ian for introducing yet uh, another unpronounceable word towards the end of this note. Oh my God. Hopefully it won't make your brain melt like Nina's when she forgot when I forgot about her no swearing rule and made her say shag. <laughs> I've written uh, before uh, the, about the difference between those people who are active bores and those who are passively boring. The former who insist on telling you everything about their choice of subject and who wrestle any conversation into their arena, <laughs> whilst the latter have no interest in conversation and tap any ball you serve them into touch. Uh, both sorts are equally draining, which makes me self-aware when embarking on a sneakers respond monologue. <laughs> I always hope that you will pause to interject midway through my words. Yeah, we will, because that's what we do. Yeah. That's our style. I do we have interject. Inter- I do have we an do interjection. Blah, 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 blah. What's your thing, Dave? Well, I was just thinking when you, when you said that, it was, my, my dad used to buttonhole Lisa at like our, at a Christmas thing and, or whenever she came over and, and ask her like puzzle, almost puzzled. Why? Can't we get kids interested in barbershop in schools? <laughs> Poor Lisa. Oh, all her dipl- diplomatic uh, abilities had to come out there, yeah. all attacked. And then I pull them aside and go like, but Mr. Dedrick, how do we bring back the zoetrope? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I always hope that you'll pause to inter- interject mid- midway through my words. We did. Closing the gap between uh, dictation and conversation. Ah, yes, those are very different. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for the digression about uh, Rankin Bass and the <laughs> Snow Miser Heat Miser. Mm. Having never been exposed to those uh, animations, oh in the UK, yeah, wow, I've not heard the song before, and it went uh, straight on the playlist for our festive swing dance. <laughs> oh, nice! It also explains why my thermostat is called a heat miser, a name which always puzzled me. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yes, it's. It, it uh, won't spend the heat. Yeah, he's missed 101. Those uh, those shows were like for ki- people our age or even our, our our kids, like or my kids. We could share them. They uh, those are like so iconic, like so amazingly important. Like the good ones yeah. are amazing. Like I mean, I I I cried at uh, the Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> it's yeah. a very sad cartoon. And Nestor. Nestor's old. I, I was a little older for Nestor, so it didn't quite affect Nestor me the same way. Nestor was a donkey, and yeah. his heart was full of tears. <laughs> I was a little too old for Nestor when I when I saw it, but Little Drummer Boy just killed me. But and Red, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer terrified me. Yeah, so scary. The, oh yeah, the snow snow beast. The snow beast. Uh, yeah. Here's the weird thing about the snow beast. Bum- the abominable snowman. Abominable snow beast. He's a bumble. Bumbles bounce. <laughs> uh, I don't even get that joke. Um, <laughs> do you get that joke? No, it's he's a bumble. Bumbles yeah. bounce. Yeah, no. What's that sense. mean? Nothing. I, it means something. It means that it's a hip thing that we don't get. I think it's just maybe that's what it is, or maybe it's just a Deus Ex Machina, so the Cornelius, Yukon Cornelius, doesn't get squashed. Look at uh, the snow. Okay, snow beast. Because again, yeah. the most terrifying thing that's ever existed. Oh my gosh, horrifies you by the way by the end that you're fine with it. But then the next year, you're like, well, I know how he turns out, and he turns out fine. No, no, we're terrified again. <laughs> um, he looks so much 
like a relative of Cookie Monster. Okay. But it looks like the original Cookie Monster, because the original Cookie Monster was like uh, like the Wheeler Stealer. And and Cookie Monster used to have those fangs that the Snow Beast does. Okay. Sharp fangs. Yeah, yeah. And aside from the coloring, there's a lot of similarities. Also, <laughs> both of them have the, the googly eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, uh, very similar. But I think also that he's so huge. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, continuing. Um, finally, David's talk of mishap with a forklift mm. made me think of the delightful German educational film. Uh, here we go. Staple Fahrer Klaus der Öster Arbeitstag, a.k.a. Forklift Driver Klaus, the first day on the job. To say more would spoil it. Let's just say it's worth nine minutes and 20 seconds of your time, and the clip is included. It, so go it, check it, it out. It is worth watching, everyone. It's it's a uh, it's a training safety training video directed by Sam Raimi. Okay, am I truly sorry for making Ian read out all those foreign words, or is it Schadenfreude? <laughs> Bottom of the evening to you, Peter. Thank you. One Thank uh, you, Peter. addendum: nope. I just learned that the Rankin Bass shows were made in Japan. I didn't know that. But I didn't there know that. There is an article about that that he included as well, so that is good to know. I have not had time to look at that. I did watch the. Uh, so it is abominable sound. Abominable sound. <laughs> maybe the Bumble's bounce joke makes sense. In yeah, Japanese. maybe they're there just killing themselves. Wait a second, let me get uh, Nina on the phone. Hello, Nina. What's that? You grew up not here? interested in this conversation? <laughs> not at all. You got stuff to do. More important things. Oh, you're working right now. Okay, then. You want me to go? Leave you alone. Burn your number. All right, I'm done. Uh, Louise writes. Luckily, you're on a burner phone. I was on a burner phone. Oh, yeah. I should have just thrown it in the. In the stove, like uh, yeah. it was a Sufjan uh, Stevens fight. <laughs> uh, Louise writes, If I unexpectedly received a windfall of cash, mm. my first non-house purchase would be an electric <laughs> car and a home charging system. Mm, my little uh, 18-year-old Echo hatchback is still in great shape with low uh, kilometerage, and I don't drive it much, but going electric would be a little better for the environment. Well, that's nice. Uh, what bores me? Most recently, the movie Don't Worry, Darling. Oh, boy, people in this house as well, let me tell you. I had to watch it in small doses with one finger on the fast-forward button. It looked stylish, but the screenplay was a mishmash of other similarly-themed movies. But what does Edward Dragansky say about that? I'll tell you. Okay. You said it, Louise. <laughs> it took me days to get through Don't Worry, Darling at the behest of my daughter, who is a huge fan of Harry Styles. Not much of a payoff. I actually came up with a better ending that my daughter liked. Now she's asked if I've seen uh, My Policeman, also with Harry, in that film as well. I'm wondering now which one direction he's headed in, up or down. I guess we'll see him in some um, upcoming Marvel films now that he's Star Fox. (laughs) I wonder if he'll sing. He might. Uh, Lisa Williamson, the co-host of Horse Mysteries. A new new episode out now. Yep, new episode out. Uh, Do you know what it's called? It's called Horse Whispers, Fact or Fiction. Oh, nice. Yes, we explore that world. Well, good luck. Thank you. <laughs> Lisa says, if I came into money, what would I buy? Sounds like the start of a song. Yeah. If I came into money, what would I buy? I'd buy a pocket for my watch. Ah, that's a <laughs> incredibly deep cut. Land, of course, but we're the, they're not making any more of it. 
and then I'd buy me a horse or two or eight to go on said land. And what bo- and I'd make the horse my landlord. <laughs> and what bores me? Meetings. If I learned anything from COVID times, most meetings could have been an email. I'm currently in the process of chucking anything meeting related for my life. Wish me luck. Yes. Anyway, we're going to have a meeting about that. We can't have any more meetings, her and I. Uh, Edward Dragansky is back. And he's, he's got back. his own damn letter this time. Back. I think uh, a similar question was asked before. Uh-oh. Uh, because I have the same answer. I'd buy the biggest, most roided-out computer setup and studio I could build. Yeah. Top of the line everything with all the accoutrements. Printer, <laughs> plotter, scanner, monitor, and syntech. Hopefully, with all that equipment, I could go into business for myself as an illustrator designer. It just might give me the leg up I need to illustrate and design my own creations and develop a style all my own. That's be nice. I'd say uh, that Lisa stole my thunder above. My office is notorious for having way too many unnecessary meetings that mm. could be emails. <laughs> I think some people just like to hear themselves talk and uh, pon- the pontificate. Worst. It's the worst. Okay, then Alex, I'll pick another things that bore me for 400. <laughs> and the answer is sports. Oh, boy. Attending sports in person where you can't walk away from it is the worst. <laughs> if it's on television, I can just turn it off or leave the room. I'll take an exception with baseball, though. It's more entertaining than any of the other sports events, maybe because I can follow it and it moves at a slower pace. The funny thing about me in sports, though, I really like sports movies and they don't bore me. I, well, yeah, the only time you have a sports movie is when something interesting happening in the sports game. You never, like, have a movie about a boring sports thing. So, you know, that's probably one of the sports movies that are more interesting than sports. <laughs> Uh, the funny thing, uh, right, there we go. I also like designing for sports, maybe because there's so many great elements and icon, iconogra- iconography, 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 what am I saying? What am I trying to say, Dave? <laughs> iconography. Iconography. Uh, no, you're say putting it? the, putting the, iconography. <laughs> iconography. Iconography. Is iconography. How you say- <laughs> Thank you. I just couldn't make it through. Sorry, when you said it wrong, that it, it displaced. It displaced the actual word. Available to do it successfully. So I do like sports. I'm just not drawn to it as a long, boring event that I'm supposed to sit there and watch. I usually spend it thinking of all the other things I'd rather be doing. As I write this, I should note that we're having at least 15 over for Christmas Eve, and most of them love football. Add on uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys will be playing their rivals, the Philadelphia Eagles, in what may be a playoff game. I'll most likely be digging away at my mother-in-law's delicious cheese ball in the kitchen, ignoring <laughs> the game. Uh, I might be making a cheese ball for, uh, for uh, Christmas. We'll see. Cool. Uh, Peter mentioned the Rankin-Bass cold miser and heat miser earlier. I, yeah, they're so good. I just set up my Rankin Bass figures for Christmas. <laughs> I have the Miser Brothers from the Year Without a Santa Claus in one area, and the cast from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer across the room. You can see them here. Two pictures uh, are uh, are there. Did you guys talk about the Rankin Bass specials? I'm struggling to remember. I'm taking uh, my belly that shakes like a bowl full of jelly and whatever sugar plums I can find, and heading back up the sneaky dragon chimney. <laughs> Merry Christmas to all good sneakers and to all a good night. There we are. Thank you, Ed. Done and done and done. Very nice. And we have a we have an email that came last week after the show was over. Okay. We got a little we got a little got a little email message. in the mail. We're gonna read it now without fail. This is from Laurel Robertson. Lovely. And she's and the the it has a very nice subject. Oh, what is it? Thanks to David. Yeah. 
Don't like it? Second favorite thing that she could give me thanks. Oh, okay. It's fine. Moving on. What would you prefer? Thanks to Nina? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Just, just, read, <laughs> just read the damn letter. Hello, gentlemen. Mm. And sneakers, too. Oh, okay. That's nice. Just got in from a late evening at work, so this e-note may be late. Also, I'm very hungry. <laughs> but I want to thank you, David, for the top five slash six songs about children. I had not heard any of them. I know you said you had played the sixth song on Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, but I missed it somehow. Anyway, a couple of those songs gave the two of you a little something to chat about, eh? <laughs> As if you needed to come up with more to talk about. That Loudon Wainwright song is definitely not my favorite, and it's uncomfortable in a way to, to listen to. And painfully triggering for you, Ian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those of us who are parents have no trouble remembering the times we lost our temper. After all, we are all human. The better thing, I think, as parents is to recall all the wondrous things we bring to our children's lives. I just want to interject and just say I, what I find fascinating about that song and a lot of other songs by Loudon Wainwright is his willingness to, to, to talk about his life in ways that are less than flattering. You know, it's kind of like the, uh, it's sort of like the, um, the musician version of autobio comics yeah. right? or, a, or a comic or a cartoonist, you know, where he's just willing to like, to sort of put it all out there and, and, uh, damn, damn the consequences and, and the, uh, and the fact that people are going to be criti- critical of him, you know, like, obviously. Now to answer one. <laughs> so this is, uh, these are our questions from last week, which was the first one was, uh, what do you like to do in the winter? Okay. And the second was a favorite Christmas album. So she says, now to answer one. In the winter, if it snows, I love walking in it as the snow falls. Mm-hmm. My two dogs groove on it too. That is that is an underappreciated aspect of of snow. I think is that walk in the snow because it's so eerily quiet, right? It has a yeah. it really shushes things. Yeah. Snow, and uh, it's a really a wonderful feeling when you walk. And it, I like I like to walk in in the evening so it's dark out with the snow falling. I just love that feeling. Answer two. My favorite Christmas album is one from the 80s by an English singer, Roger Whittaker. He has such a smooth voice and adds a bit of drama to some of his songs and sweetness too. I don't recall the name of it, but it's so good. And a happy week to all, Laurel. Aw. Thank you, Laurel. Always nice to hear from you. Mm -hmm. So uh, moving on to questions for next week. Have you got uh, anything that you want to do? You do, and I'll I'll see if I can think of something. I I do, and then uh, you do. Okay, we'll do, and then we do, then we'll do, then we'll do. Um, I guess, I guess, my question is, uh, what what is something uh, that you're going to be doing uh, with your time? You're gonna, maybe you're going to get a little vacation. Let's assume that you get a little vacation, the old time between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, here's my question for you. Like, I know you're going to do Christmas. You're going to have Christmas dinner probably, or some holiday dinner or something. Maybe you won't. It's, it's your business. Then you got like New Year's. Maybe you're going to celebrate. Maybe you won't. But what do you do in between that time? What's something that you like doing? You got a little uh, that weird week in between. <laughs> what do you do uh, during that time? What's something you're planning on doing? Maybe going to go somewhere with the family. You're going to go uh, just uh, spend some time reading. You got a little time off. What are you going to do with that time? That weird time between Christmas and New Year's. What are you going to do? I have that off too. I got a full week off. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to the zoo one day. There you go. Nina wants to go see the red pandas. There you are. Um, but my question is, mm. so I, I m- maybe com- whined and complained a little bit about, about my, my mom and dad not being the most uh, helpful parents when I was a kid. Okay. 
You know, and it's interesting. My brother, my younger brother, he's a car mechanic and a very good and successful car mechanic, may I add. And, you know, my, my mechanically minded car crazy uncle and he bonded very, very, uh, when my, my mother was, was, you know, like a teenager and he started working where my, my uncle was a manager. I had, he's, he managed a, uh, for a, one of the dealerships here, one of the larger dealerships here in Vancouver, he managed the repair center. Okay. And so my brother worked there. He started off just like driving cars to and from washing the cars and stuff like that. And just in going, picking up parts, just doing little bits and pieces. And then he moved into being a mechanic and worked there for a long time as a mechanic and eventually got his ticket and became a, you know, a ticketed mechanic and, and, you know, made his life, you know, my question is, is there someone in your life who helped you to be, to do what you do or to in some uh, sort of interest or something that you, that you I always remember and always appreciate that help. Mine is kind of odd. I'm just going to tell you when I was, uh, about 13 years old, my grandma remarried my step-grandfather and who my mom always complained about, but whom I always loved because he was the grandfather that I knew better than my actual grandfather who had passed away when I was six. So, uh, when my, when my grandma and my step-grandfather got married, they had their, they had their, um, rece- reception at a local Chinese food restaurant. Um, the something dragon, I can't remember what it's called now. Right. But it was right, right near, um, what's now Metro Town, right near there. Uh, there's a couple of those restaurants with the same dragon. Yeah, yeah, probably. They were, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. the looping, uh, yeah. the great neon sign. The looping dragon. And so I sat beside my step-grandfather's son, whose name was Danny. And he was obviously quite a bit older than me. He was like, you know, he wasn't as old as my parents, but he's probably like in his 30s. Okay. And he was, uh, he was a band teacher at, at school. And he taught me how to use chopsticks. Hmm. Which I'd never used before, but he's like, "Oh, you've got to use chopsticks if you're eating Chinese food. It's, it's, it's not fun otherwise." And so, like, he made me use them and showed me how to use them, and and I've used them ever since. And I taught my daughters how to use them, you know. And it's just kind of like because I th- feel like it's more fun to eat Chinese food with chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. Like it's part of the fun of it. And yeah, I always appreciate that that he just took that moment to teach a little dummy beside him how to use chopsticks. How old were you at the time? About thirteen. Nice. Yeah, it's a good I was age. A to grade learn. eight. I was a grade eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, something like that, everybody. If, All I'd right, love to hear those sort of stories. So, And here's how you do, 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 do it. You go to SneakyDragon.com, and uh, that's where we got every episode of the show. And underneath every episode is a little message area, and you can either you can post directly there. That's easy peasy. That's a good way to do it. Uh, if you're on Facebook, why not? Still be on Facebook. We're not going to judge you. Uh, we got a Sneaky Dragon page there. You can post there. You can go to Twitter. I know it's a madhouse, right? A madhouse. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if it still exists, um, we're at sneaky underscore dragon. And I know you're going like, hey, guys, how long have you uh, been doing this show for? We have a Tumblr account. I know. Uh, <laughs> Sneakydragon.tumblr.com. We're also on there, and you can uh, post uh, there. Or, look, I know you're going like, just give me the email and let me go home. All right, we will settle down. Sneaky D at sneakydragon.com, sneaky D at sneakydragon.com. There you are. We would love to hear your answers to that. And also, if you have any theme ideas for um, the Sneaky Dragon listening party uh, top five uh, things that uh, Dave does. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Love to uh, I mean, I have some in the works, but I'm always happy to 
uh, postpone those and, and work on there you go work on other people sometimes it takes me a while to think of the songs though because and i am not that i'm not that good about songs he is very good about songs and uh that brings us to the end of the show we still got another episode before uh, the land of christmas uh, and, <laughs> and it wraps around us thank goodness so, i still uh, have more shopping to do uh so yeah uh delightful to spend some time with you all thank you uh so much uh hope we can hear from you directly and if not we appreciate your kind attention i've been ian boothby i've been ian boothby and i've been david dedrick bye